Microsoft Connection. It's Friday. You know what that means. It's time for the AEW Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Duncan. I'll skip the pleasantries and bring our co-host, Andrew Reich, right in. Andrew, normally I ask how you're doing, but I just need to talk to you for a second, if that's okay. Oh my God, am I in trouble? No, um, <laughs> but this this might be a solo show moving forward. Andrew, we've talked many times in the past that Tony Khan listens to us, and I believe that with all my heart that Tony Khan is our number one fan. And in episode 29, I made mention of a guy by the name of Matt Taven, and I said, if he debuts, I'm bailing. And Tony called my bluff, Andrew, and Matt Taven was on AEW TV. So I'm ready to walk. you got to talk me out of it, man. Why should I stay? Why should I stick around? If I you are to... not a fan of the kingdom? I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of an embassy guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the kingdom showed up. Ugh. For those who don't know, the kingdom is a ring of honor tag team. Yeah. Adam Cole, I want to say, was in it for, for half a minute. And... Um, but uh, it's it's Matt Taven and Mike Canel- and Mike Canellis and Maria uh, Maria Canellis. But who I no, think she, she does a herself- good I think she does a good job. Now Maria as a promo person is fantastic. Yes. She also has this like association with um this women's group like a freelance women's wrestling alliance, almost like a wrestling women's union kind of mm. thing, where they, they do run matches, but they kind of like. Free, they kind of almost barnstorm, and but she called herself on the rampage show that they debuted at the after a, a tag match. Um, they called herself uh, Maria Canellas Bennett, so I guess that's what she's going by. Oh, and okay. MK, MKB, <laughs> <laughs> MKB baby, um, not to be mixed with the the what was the name of that Soviet police? KGB, <laughs> KGB, <laughs> yeah, and the and Nick Gage's MDK murder death kill or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But um, yeah, they showed up, and I was I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to tell Jordan he hates Matt Taven. You know what it is? It's just a weird thing. Like I can't say like he's actively bad or anything. It's just everybody's got that one person, whether it's in wrestling or even like okay, we're basketball fans. Like there's, I guarantee there's an NBA player that you just irrationally hate. Correct? Tim Duncan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, it didn't even take you a second. But let's be real. And he didn't do anything wrong. Right. I just Let, hate him. Let's be real, though. Matt Taven's no Tim Duncan, all right? <laughs> no. No, he's not fundamentally. He has a nice super kick. I said that before on the show. Tim Duncan saw... does? <laughs> Tim Duncan. He's from the Virgin Islands, man. He can dance. Yeah. He can, he, he can do some sweet chin music with the best of them. But right. um, <laughs> he was at the Impact pay-per-view when he was part of Honor. Because they were part of that faction. Yeah, Honor No More. Like all so, X-Ring yeah, of Honor so, guys. Yeah. So, Jordan, it's weird because this is all a fallout from when ROH collapsed. Yep. You know, they were all associated with that roster. And yep. when it was no more, yes, Tony picked up the pieces in, in the spring of this year. But a lot of those people went elsewhere. And some of them wound up in Impact. When Impact's contracts were up, you saw Anderson and Gallows go to WWE. Uh, yep. We're not talking about that because fuck them and uh and and, uh the kingdom went to AEW, and i'm pretty sure there's going to be other ones that i didn't talk about that are going to wind up somewhere um on the outskirts yeah yeah so it's been like did you see that that alan angels is kind of on impact no but i did see um oh what's his name that's back with dark order uh drawn a blank yes do grayson back i think he's from canada so it was convenient yeah okay well yeah so it could just be a one-time thing really in the last couple weeks a lot of uh faces popping up on aew um dalton castle we'll talk about him in a few minutes i think we should give him his own 
time to shine. Um, but right. Dalton Castle's a guy I'll have to eat crow on uh, when we get to him. But it, it's amazing with different acts of like where they get to. Like um, a, a perfect. We always talk about this um, when we talk about ECW, but Al Snow is like a perfect example. Like, oh yeah. Who would have thought Lee Cassidy could have been an offshoot character in ECW and turned himself into a phenomenon? Yep. You know. Yep. You never believe what type of acts get over. You just don't know until you put them there. And what's funny about it is Al Snow, before he got over as the the head character, for years was like the indie darling, like, oh, this guy's the best wrestler out there, you know? And it wasn't his mm-hmm. wrestling at all that really won. It was a mannequin head. <laughs> like, right. Go figure. Yeah, and, and ROH had this reputation almost longer than it should have of, like, this is the wrestling company. Yes, you know? yes. But agreed. the truth was it kind of lost that appeal, like, somewhere around the 2010s. And... It was not bad the wrestling. Fu- I mean, Funny thing for me is I think it lost that appeal when Jim Cornette, Mr. Wrestling, kind of was in charge. That's when it really just kind of got very blah to me. Like, I wouldn't say bad, but just like, uh, I don't care yeah, about this Kevin company. Owens would agree. You yeah, know? right. All he but, does is shit all over that. The, the Eddie Edwards, Davey Richards years and stuff. Like, Yeah. Anyways, we're an AEW podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, show. but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to trying to get you to not leave the show. Um, I I do have some good news. I heard that um, there's an extension in line for you because that week or so that I was out, you know, um, things that I can't talk about anymore. Sure. Contractually. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that you're getting a bump in pay, and I'm getting. I already got demoted though. So oh. Basically. You are the higher paid co-host, if you know what that means. I will. I will not lord that over you unless I feel like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of funny that we started an AEW podcast by talking Ring of Honor for the first seven minutes because that kind of fits what's been going on in AEW lately, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll say this: I do like the very short recap type of thingies that they're flashing. Oh yeah, before the finally need. I actually that. like that. And also the ring of, and I don't know if they're getting like, um, you know. By the way, um, I was about to say video engineer. They had a they had a video engineer who just suddenly died, and they paid tribute to him at the end of one of the shows. Uh, oh. I think his name was Brian Muster. Um, I, they didn't really say well, how it happened. Muster I'm, like muster the strength, or mustard like ketchup and mustard. I, I think it's must at muster m u s t e r. Oh, okay. okay. And, and, yeah, they they put it at the very end of their rampage. It was very sudden. It ha- I think it happened after Dynamite. Oh, okay. You know, wow, that's like very sudden. <laughs> I mean, just terrible. Brian Muster was his name. But anyways, yeah, I was about sense. to. I was just gonna say their production. They clearly went to work on the Ring of Honor archives and said, "Okay, we're gonna utilize this. We're gonna use this mm-hmm. as content." Yep. Like they had nice flashy highlights of different people who were with the champion and stuff. It's almost like they're incorporating. They're they're almost wedging the Ring of Honor stuff into Dynamite, if that right. makes sense. No, it feels like it's really being wedged um, with a with a hammer, like uh, Dr. Bo Hightower, my favorite chiropractor to watch on YouTube. <laughs> 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 oh, we talked about that before we got on the air, so uh, he... He adjusts the necks of the most famous wrestlers out there. So uh, Kevin Nash was on there, by the way. That's another one I was talking about wrestlers I've seen. He had Kevin Nash on there, which really sad story for Kevin Nash. Did you hear about his son passing away? Like, oh my goodness, yes, his son yeah. died. He was twenty six years old. That sucks. It sucks Terrible. So bad, and man. he did a podcast talking about it. Yeah, and I saw he was reading some of the hate mail he got. Like since, and, like people are scum, man. Like people really suck sometimes. 
but I think pe- I think people just want to get a rise out of other people, no matter what way they do it. They just want attention. They I just agree. want the attention. Yep, it's definitely. terrible. Uh, one more thing before we kind of really get into the show, just kind of uh, shooting our all over the place topics. Uh, Andrew, right? The basketball season's back. Uh, NBA season. Any early Yay. season predictions? Yeah. What, what do you like? Um, I think the Clippers are going to win the cha- championship. Okay. Now I. I I would have made a bet to start the season that the Clippers would have played the Sixers. I don't know who the Sixers are going to be playing to finish the season now. (laughs) They might might be playing against the Thunder for the rights to Victor Webinyama the way that they're going. (laughs) But (laughs) I I think they'll come back from it. It's early. But um, the Clippers are my team. I think they're going to – I think this is it. I also want to make a hot take, and this is exclusive because um, me and Adam – Adam went to Canada. So Mm – so did AEW. We'll talk about that later. But um, right. <laughs> they um, but so we had a delay, and we're gonna reconvene like in a week or two. Uh, so this is sort of an exclusive to the show for those listening for uh, this Friday. I think that this is the last year we're gonna see Draymond, Clay, Curry, and all of them together. I Clay's gonna be gone too after this year. You think Clay too? Okay. Yeah, and because you, the luxury tax bill, they're not going to be able to afford it, and they're going to have to trade them away. So you think they roll with Steph, Wiggins, Poole? And uh, Poole and maybe some other – Maybe piece. Wiseman yep. if he pans out, yeah. Right, something like that. I think they're going to turn the page is what I think is going to happen. So I got talked into doing a fantasy basketball league. If I give you my team, can you tell me if these people are any good? Okay, sure. Okay, so I have Spencer Dinwiddie. I know he's pretty good. Off I have, and on, yeah. I have Marcus Smart. Uh, Carl, okay. Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have Paul George, who's not playing tonight. No. Uh, here's one. New Orleans Pelicans own Herbert Jones. Tell me about Herbert. Very good defender. He's okay. not going to get a lot of points for you, though. He's yeah, going to get steals and stuff. That's why I picked him, because we get, in this fantasy basketball league, you get three points for every steal and four points for every block. So I wanted some okay, shot blockers Jones, and steals. Jones would, Jones would be a good one. Okay. Um, I mean, Towns is like automatic as fantasy. Like yeah. he just gobbles points stats. and rebounds. Boom, boom. Right. Yep. Uh, I have Josh Hart from the Portland Trail Blazers. Okay, whatever. Yeah, he's a he's a good rebounder. Uh, the Spurs, Keldon Johnson. Yep, he's going to lead the team in scoring. Is he really? Okay. Yeah, him, cool. him or Devin Bassel. Good to know. Um, I've got. Jonas Valanciunas, another New Orleans Pelican. Very good rebounder. He's going to be a double-double guy. Yep, and then I had to go with a piston. I got I got Bo, Bojan, Bojan Bogdanovic. Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah. He's going to be their leading three-point shooter. Yeah, maybe their leading scorer so far. <laughs> like, uh, opening yeah, night, yeah. He, he paced the team in scoring. So The, the Pistons have been, uh, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, right. But, but then again, the Jazz are unde- were undefeated up to a day ago. <laughs> right. And I don't think they're going to finish with many wins to finish the season, so it's early, but um, so that's my, the fun part about it. My bench is, speaking of the Jazz, Jared Vanderbilt. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Evan Mobley, who I like. I, I've got Evan Mobley. He's on my bench Halliburton, today. Halliburton's a great pick. Yeah, I've got Evan Mobley on my bench today just because he's not playing tonight. So Right. And John Collins is sitting there, too. John Collins struggles sometimes. Yeah, uh, he was a late-round pick. So I've never done fantasy basketball. I have no idea if this is a good team or not. I picked like 8th out of 10, so like I didn't you get need like... more three. You need a little more three-point shooting. Okay, I'll look for it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I do have Chris Middleton on my IR, so when he comes back, I've got the yep. ugliest player in the league ready to play. 
You mean former Detroit Piston who got dumped for nothing, Chris Middleton? Mm-hmm. You can't. D- does Detroit Sports Radio actually talk about that? Like sometimes, here or do, have they just forgotten about it? Here and there, um, they've forgotten about it because the Pistons have been so bad. So it's not like the only mistake they've made. It's just like Exhibit Q. You know, <laughs> I just, I just want to make this clear for those who need to know. Like the Pistons, when they traded away Middleton for, I want to say, like they dumped him in a deal where they got. Uh, they get Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings. Yeah. It's one of the worst deals ever. Like, yeah. w- like, like, woke bad. They gave away a potentially a future Hall of Fame player. Yep. For nothing. Yep. Yeah, it's it's unreal. But that's what the Pistons did because he was a second round pick, and I guess the coach at the time just didn't know what he saw. Yeah. Like, I don't even really, remember which coach that was. Um, it was probably Lawrence Frank. Yeah, that would be my guess. So. All right, so we are about twenty minutes in, and we haven't talked to AEW yet. So let's... we talked about we talked about basketball, we talked about Ring of Honor, we talked about chiropractor. Right. So here's here's what we're going to talk about tonight with AEW. Uh, we let's, we'll talk about Jericho a little bit. I want to talk about Dalton Castle. Uh, we'll talk about Hangman Page first, um, and uh, we'll lead into that because Hangman Page suffered an injury from Tuesday Night Dynamite because. Uh, the Tuesday Night Wars cla- went back. Uh, there was a- another clash, Andrew, and uh, yes. NXT and AEW went head-to-head last Tuesday. And uh, tell us who won. Um, Dynamite and a romp. Yeah. I mean, like, but here's the thing. Like, are you surprised? So at, at the end of the day, the because they were moved to a Tuesday, they had been kind of averaging around nine hundred to nine hundred thousand to a million with demo yeah, like, around like, like high nine hundreds, yeah. Right, and they—that's just what they've been normally doing, even the week before, because they were moved to Tuesday. Even though they did have that John Moxley Hangman Page match, they had promoted for at least a week or two. Mm-hmm. The, so they had some hype going into it um, for that show in Cincinnati. They still were on a different time and, um, not as many people familiar. So you knew the rating was going to be down. It was 752,000 with a 0.26 demo NXT with a, by the way, they loaded up the show for NXT. They had Rhea Mm -hmm. Ripley. They had Kevin Owens. They had theory. They, they had everyone. And what I read uh, and what I read too, is that they also like hyped a lot of mystery appearances, you know, yes. which is kind of like it could be John Cena. You know what I mean? Like if they can rope even one person into that. It was also a lead-up show for a PLE. A PLE. Yeah, Halloween wow, Havoc. I sound like yeah. one of them. <laughs> Halloween Havoc, yep. which, by the way, I saw main events great. The rest is blah. Um, okay. And that rating for that NXT was uh, six six hundred seventy-six thousand and a point one eight rating in the demo. So, I mean, AEW easily won again. So at the end of the day. So let me ask right. you this, Andrew. Um, I, I follow AEW ratings because of our show. Uh, so do you follow the NXT ratings like religiously weekly? Like, is that number I big for follow, NXT? I, I write them, I write them down weekly. I don't follow them religiously. I do know that they are starting to match the rampage ratings. Yeah. And eclipse them sometimes too. Correct. Yes. Including this past weekend. Yeah. So this head to head, was that a bump in the ratings for them? Did NX, did AEW hurt their ratings a bit? Like, I don't, I don't really know how that, their, their demo was up. Their overall was down. Okay. Okay. That's what it came up as. I think it's one of those things where like fans of either side can claim victory. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like (laughs) AEW is like, we won, but NXT is like, aha, you only hit 750. You lost 200,000 viewers, you know? 
So and and without with our third third brand show. So yeah, and Raw's being Raw had like one point eight and you know million, and SmackDown still in the twos. Like yeah, like WWE still like you know on top in that end, and we're not we're also not at the degree where Raw's eighteen to forty nine is necessarily close to. Uh, to AEW's uh, demo, I, yeah. we're not we're not in that area. We were at that point. At, we were at that point a year ago, a few times, but now that's kind of dissipated. Yeah. So something's come out, and again, I'm not a big numbers guy. I don't follow it into too many details. There's some great stuff out there, like WrestleNomics and Brandon Thurston are usually the go tos. But um, I've seen people who were afraid because Rampage's numbers dip so low and stuff about AEW's future. But uh, if there was any worry, I think it's been resolved pretty clearly and emphatically in the past couple weeks uh uh warner media has made it pretty clear they're happy with AEW to the fact that they want more AEW which we'll get to a little bit down the road tonight correct yeah we will yeah so let's talk about this hangman page thing so i mean the the night was going pretty well i thought it was a pretty good dynamite really great great promo from from mjf and william regal I thought that was the highlight of the show. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And you know what I love is Regal's response because MJF delivered and Regal was in a tough spot. Like, how do you follow in all – I hesitate to say all-time promo, but all-time for AEW at least. Uh, one yes. of, like, the best promos in company history. And he had to follow that. And I thought Regal did a great job too. Uh, I yeah. loved his line how, about – How do you follow up a promo where a guy says – I read an email that wanted to made me want to kill myself. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, that's that's hard to top. Exactly, <laughs> and you know what? He came off like villainish, but also in a way that it was like he didn't turn. Like it was really, really well done. I love that he said, "I I I hit people with brass knuckles because I like to do it." <laughs> you know, not because yeah. I'm a coward. I just like hitting. But he people. also tried to correlate with MJF's struggle of like yep. the reason why I did this is I wanted to push you and. Because I was in a position where I was 16 or 17, I was thrown to the wolves, and I had to survive, and right. I did it. But I'm one of the only ones who survived. Right. And I, I want you to know how that feels. And that was the that was what he came back with in his rebuttal. Then he did the, I'm gonna, I want to see how much of a snake you really are. I'm gonna turn my back and let you hit me with your dynamite diamond ring and see how how dastardly you really are. And he didn't do it. Right. You know. Yeah. And by the end of the night, MJF came out with his chip, with a ref in hand. Looked like we we're gonna do like a money in the bank type cash in, and instead he hands it to Regal and announces he's not going to cut corners, he's not going to take the cheap way, he's going to fight and win it at the pay-per-view in the main event of Full Gear. So that is set in stone, Full Gear, MJF taking on John Moxley for the title. I hope that the story goes that Regal cut that promo with the intention of getting him to do that so they could properly plan. I think that would be a really cool twist that Regal like goaded MJF into announcing the match ahead of time so that they could properly prep for it. But Yeah, um, that that would actually be very smart. There's also a little weird spot there where, I mean, we, we'll talk about it, but that it looks like Yuta and Danielson aren't on the same page. Yeah, it's I almost was... like Yuta thinks that Danielson is kind of tapping out. Mm-hmm. And like uh, basically saying like, why do you like uh, this Daniel Garcia guy over me? I bled for you. And boy, did Wheeler Yuta ever bleed. Let's let's <laughs> yes. never forget the, the man bled for, for the, I think. By the way, because um, we talk about the ratings. That is still the highest rated show Rampage has had this year. The Wheeler 
John Moxley one, which uh, was tape. Yeah, in a way, good because that's probably the best rampage of the year, <laughs> at least the rampage I mean, moment. It also goes to show a tape show can still deliver ratings if you can create buzz around it. Correct. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think that there's something to like live shows, obviously, but if you tape a show and it comes out and you know there's word of mouth, like perfect example was Grand Slam, like. When I found out Great Muda was going to be on, I was so hyped. I'm like, I have to watch it. Not that I wouldn't have watched it anyways. But yeah. sometimes taped isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, Mick Foley will tell you that. <laughs> a, taped, <laughs> a taped show turned the Monday Night Wars, really. So Pretty um, much. But yeah, so let's talk about Hangman Page. So that's, what did you think of that match up until the the injury? Great. Yeah. They, Hangman starts super aggressive. He mm-hmm. literally... Does a moonsault off of a ramp onto the floor yeah, like onto Moxley like yeah. five minutes in? Yeah, like like going into a commercial break, and it's like Jesus Christ. Um, very intense, a lot of physicality. Um, Moxley because he's just got this like sort of warrior spirit type of approach. He gets the advantage. He like he picks up steam quickly after uh, the like the like. The way that Hangman style reminded me of it was like when a home team uh, it has like a really good uh, visiting team, and the visiting team comes out with a boom of eighty yard touchdown. Boom! Yeah, and it's like all right, let's see what you could do to this. And Moxley, to his credit, he responds. He gets some submissions in on him, and um, it goes back and forth. He blades at some point, and um, no, he was at the. <laughs> <laughs> After the second picture-in-picture, I'm trying to key together, like, the way the match went because, I mean, everybody knows what the most memorable part was, which is something that was intended. Um, Like, it's kind of coming together. You can feel the adrenaline of, like, okay, we're getting near the climax, and that's the shame of this is that there was probably 10 minutes, Jordan, that was left on the table. Yep. And you could tell by the way that they were stretching time went after that in the post-match stuff with MJF and um, but anyways, uh, Hangman is charging at him, and Je- Moxley gives him the King Kong lariat, and what it's kind of turned out to be, no one knew at the time. I mean, I thought, okay, he broke his collarbone. Yeah. Maybe he landed on his head when he went inside out on the clothesline. Well, when he gave him the lariat, I think what happened is he got him right in the sweet spot in the chin, and when he did the inside out flip, he was legitimately knocked out, yeah. is what Ooh. I think happened. Yeah, it was a thing like... God bless Paul Turner, a.k.a. Sean Payton. He um, <laughs> he got there and immediately knew, and he called, and he got on his radio. If you watch it really close, he got on his radio, and he did the uh, he did the choke. He did yeah. the, uh, what do they call that, the kill. And he was like saying, no, it's over, it's yep. over. And, and, God, and God bless him for doing that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's people, the immediate aftermath, I saw people kind of criticizing AEW, like, oh, how can they let this happen? <laughs> The right? people who want Matt Hardy to, like, die in the ring? Right, Those exactly. People? But it's, like, it's kind of a thing, like, I could understand if it was, like, a Darby Allen thing, one of Darby's insanity-ridden spots that caused this, yes. but this is hilarious, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was a very common move. I mean, and for, here's the thing, too, Jordan. We, we talked about this where, like, even the things, like, when you, we talk about the elite fight and... Things that are things that seem really bombastic, and a, a main event title match on Dynamite that has to be stopped due to an injury. People act Jordan like 
these things have never happened. <laughs> yeah. It just shows me how young wrestling fans yes. really are. Yes, yes. Like, like, look at this, and they're like, oh my god, I've never seen anything like this. A main event match literally stopped. I'm like, uh, duh. I, I mean, we've seen this a hundred Right. I don't believe that the top stars in this company got into a fight. I'm like, Brett and Shawn Michaels got into a fight right before Raw one time, <laughs> exactly. and neither was on the show. I mean, you know, like, wait, wait until they watch Survivor Series '97. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, dude, we we've seen it all. Yeah. We are cycling through the same things. It's just different names, different faces, and different sensibilities. Yeah. But That's what different. has changed and what is different is. The reaction to the injury, mm. like that has been, that is different. Like, like when you look back now, Mick Foley's in 1998 stands apart because that was one where, I mean, if you do anything differently from what Mick did in terms of the way he fell, he literally could have died. You know? Oh yeah. It was it, just yeah. It was sick to watch even then. It's sick to watch now. Yeah. You know, where it's like. Other matches, though, like, I don't think a lot of fans in 1999 and 2000, 2001, I don't think they look back on these matches that had got cut short due to some, um, you know, random injury, and they're like, oh, man, like, that's such a shame. I hope he's doing better. You know, right. the truth was a lot of people were like, man, that match would have been great had, you know, Benoit not gotten hurt. Right, exactly. Like yeah. and, and I'm not trying to say that fans back then were callous. It was just that they were um, less mindful of the health of the performer well you know a match a a match that always comes to my mind when we talk about that is i think it was the 2000 king of the ring with kurt angle and shane where they're trying to do this 2001 where they're trying to do this suplex through like the glass and And they just couldn't get they couldn't and shane just kept getting dropped right on his dome over and over it is like one of those things now what we know about concussions if you go back and watch that now it's like how did that match continue? Like, how yeah, did that and, keep and, going? And this has been mentioned quite a few times um, by pretty much everyone on the internet. But AEW learned their lessons too. Yeah. Now, uh, a lot. Of, here's the thing too: a lot of people talk about the Matt Hardy incident that happened in All Out 2020. Ironically, the main event of that show was also John Moxley versus MJF. <laughs> um, but um, Matt Hardy was wrestling Sammy Guevara in like a crazy no hole, like a lights out match type yeah. of thing. And they had two major high spots. One where they fall off of a, off of some stand. Yeah, like it was like a scissor lift, wasn't it? Yeah, some kind of scissor lift. And they fall into something, and what happened is Matt Hardy hit the back of his head on the. Yeah, table. really bad. And he was—you could tell—he was legitimately knocked out. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do the spot. Yeah. This that was one point where Tony did learn his lesson, where it's like, no, this is where you stop the match. Right. But here's the thing, too. We also had a situation that happened last year, and everyone has forgotten. Where Lance Archer landed on his head on a moonsault. Oh yeah, it was and in the tur- the tournament. They actually had yeah. to change the finish. Yep. They actually had to change the finish with the Eddie Kingston winning. He got him on a roll up, and the reason why is because they literally had to change it on the fly. Yep. Like you can't just keep going anymore. You know, um, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I'm pretty convinced Roman Reigns hurt his shoulder. Mm. You know, like that match ended way too early. You know. And I think that there was a because they thought that someone was injured, and they just said, okay, time to go home. Here's the difference, I think, Jordan, versus back in the day when people were hardened and they thought that they had to just keep trucking through for the sake of the performance. When we do things like this 
or when companies do things like this to stop a match prematurely or look out for the health of the performer or the player or whatever it is, whatever sport it is. The outrage of trying to keep things going is far worse than the rewards and the pats on the back that you get for stopping it. Yep, I would agree with that 100%. That's changed. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's for the better. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that we talked about this probably 10, 12 episodes ago about how it feels like more guys are getting hurt in wrestling. But I'm like, I don't know that more guys are getting hurt so much as wrestling is being more... How do I, they're, they're treating injuries more seriously. So in the past, you know, even and when we say the past, we're not talking like the sixties or the seventies or even the eighties. We're talking even the attitude era. There's probably guys working with torn, torn, broken, oh, ruptured man, everything. Randy Savage. Here's another example. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. There's this really terrible match between Hogan and Piper in a cage. Yeah. Awful. Awful. Havoc '97, right? Yeah. Yes. Everybody remembers how bad it was. Nobody remembers that. Macho Man Randy Savage basically shredded his knee in half trying to do a stupid double axe handle from the top of the cage into the ring. Dude, I actually just saw that clip like and a he couple weeks ago. with that for six months. I just saw a clip of that a couple weeks ago. That cage was so freakishly high. It's insane. Like, you should, you should track that down and watch it either on Peacock or just go on YouTube. Like, the, the cage that he jumped off was so high it's insane like why did they even do that it was just a double x handle like who cares? Yeah, but everybody looks back and they're like oh my god what a terrible match nobody thinks oh man that's a shame that macho man hurt himself and on that's something probably like-, like when he basically ended his career in terms of quality yeah because he roided know? up when he came back the yeah, next time he was never yeah. the same yeah so yeah um but yeah i mean uh, the good news is that uh what looked really 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 scary in the moment Turns out to have just been a concussion, so hopefully Hangman will only yeah, be on the shelf for a little shook, bit. Yeah, that's how Taz broke his neck. Taz got dropped on his head, yep. and he went sideways, and it cricked, and yep. that's how he broke his neck. And that's why I think he got a little verklempt, to, yeah. to spare the word. Like, he, 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 looked, he looked scared, Yeah, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, not to say only a concussion, because a concussion is still a possibility of a serious injury, but it could have been a lot worse. So uh, we're thankful that Hangman is... Uh, at least uh, on the mend already. He was only in the hospital for that night. I don't even think he stayed the night. So, no, thank God. Yeah. I, and and I think I think a lot of I, I think a lot of people were rooting for him. I mean, yeah. I think he's a very well liked man. And not and, and, and this is not like karma. This is not like oh yeah, you were friends with the elite and this is <laughs> what you get. It's like no, no, like things bad things happen to everyone by accident it happens like and the thing too that sucks is that with john moxley he had a reputation going in of not hurting guys right like he was the gcw champion and he never injured anyone right like he's very safe it's just unreal that you know i was just thinking when that happened like you know this guy is usually pretty good with not hurting anyone and then page gets concussed on a on a clothesline right like it's just it's just weird yeah. but you know things happen like um i mean there's so many randoms like when, when it comes to concussions i think i think brian danielson got his concussion just brawling in that anarchy in the arena match yeah you know um it's just it could happen at any point like the injury that could just really do you in kind of thing yeah i think we're just at a point too where we know more about concussions than we ever have and Especially with the the microscope, the I was just gonna say, especially the microscope the NFL has been under. Um, 
I think AEW did the right thing by treating it like it looked very, very serious, and they treated it like it was because they didn't know. And I think that's the way you do. You'd rather over overreact to it and it not be serious and underreact and it be worse than it than, than it looks. Yeah, because here's the thing: what <clears throat> if they what if they didn't diagnose it at the time and Hangman kept going, or yep. he wrestled again the next week? Yep. You could have had a Tua situation. Exactly. Yeah. And so. that that is that is like a cataclysm. You right. can't have it. the NFL is powerful enough to survive it. Um AEW is not. AEW cannot survive that kind of bad publicity. Right. Well, in the sense that like yeah, they have loyal fans, but I think that that's something where maybe a uh, Warner would be like, "Oh, we don't really want this on our TV." You know, like No. Like the I'm sure there's some sort of possibility of breaching a contract if someone dies on your show, you know, or is crippled yeah, on your show. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, I don't think it changed the outcome. I think everybody knows that Moxley is going to retain there. Um, I am curious of what the finish would have been. But if if it had finished the way it was supposed to, it was going to be a memorable match. I would have put it on the level like when Moxley wrestled Jericho mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Like it was going to be somewhere on that level. Yeah. Like it was ramping up to be a great dynamite main event match. And the show leading up to it, like you had said, was good. Yeah. You know, it, like I thought that they kind of really did a good job of of loading up that show. Um, we had the MJF segment. We yes. had uh, Sheeta and Tony Storm. Wait, was that that week? Yep, she- it was Sheeta and Tony Storm. Which is and pretty then they good all- match. It was called Title Tuesday because pretty much everything was for yeah, a championship. Yeah, we had a trios title match with uh, Best Friends taking on uh, Death Triangle, which are some uh, dissension there now um, mm-hmm. between Pac and Ray Phoenix specifically. It looks like uh, poor Pentagon's caught in the middle. Yeah, uh, trying well, to be he, the broker he got of peace. With a t- he's got a title match coming up against Moxley on, yeah. on Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, and then what else did we see? Oh, gosh, this is one, something I actually want to talk about is uh, Chris Jericho defended the Ring of Honor title. I, I like this story. I'm not a fan of all the Ring of Honor stuff, but I like the story of Jericho dishonoring Ring of Honor. And I like yes. him beating all the former champions. So I'll have two questions for you, Andrew. One, how do you think Dalton Castle looked and like how do you think the whole presentation of Dalton Castle. And two, let's wildly speculate who defeats Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor title. So first things first, what did you think of Dalton Castle? Dalton Castle looked good. Mm-hmm. Like his so his whole pre- his presentation with the boys, he's done it before on AEW at you know on Elevation and on yeah. Rampage. He was before. in a battle royal, I want to say too. He was in a battle royal, so people have seen the boys. Yeah, you know, for those who don't, those who aren't in who doesn't don't watch regularly, Don Castle basically has like um has boy toys like um like, like uh, manservants, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like manservants, like the candelabra, like they fan Liberace. him, and yeah, yeah, that they fan him, like, uh, and they, they wa- he walks over them like steps, like Cleopatra, <laughs> but they're also good wrestlers themselves. Now yeah. I don't know their names by heart, and they have various versions. I don't know them at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but this one, it was very grandiose. They had multiple boys. Mm-hmm. They, <laughs> I have to be careful with how I say that. <laughs> Um, they had a huge um, platform for him, like almost a la the Macho King. Yep. The crowd was into it. They really liked him. I thought his um, chain wrestling was good mm-hmm. on Jericho. Mm-hmm. They, he does The thing that surprises me about Castle that I didn't expect is that he does a lot of submission wrestling. <clears throat> yeah. You know? 
Um, so it's very mat based. Um, I know he had a back injury, so he doesn't try to do too many high spots. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this guy, but I mean this one's much a much better version. But he reminds me of Ilya Dragunov. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, Dragunov came after him, but the styles are similar. Yeah. No, I think no. that's a, a good comparison. Like Dragunov is very in, is very very intense, and everything looks tight. And like Castle's kind of the same way. You know, um, but he's much more he's much more into the hysterics and to like the entertainment side of things. And he was very entertaining. Yeah. You know, that's something that Ring of Honor was missing. Like, you know, they didn't always have super duper entertaining acts, but Castle was one of the ones who stood out. He has been a Ring of Honor champion. He's done a lot of big time matches in that promotion. So it was good for Jericho to have a former champion to face off with who can can beat him in the future. I mean, if I had to. Wild guess. I mean, we already did Danielson, and it didn't happen. Thanks yeah. to that. Uh, what did the what did um what did Castle call Jericho? That silly little goose. Yeah, that silly little goose. Daniel Garcia turned with his purple fedora hat uh, back to a sports entertainer. <laughs> and but so if it's not Danielson, I'll give you one. And it's what about Homicide? Oh, okay. Wow, that's definitely out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. All right. Homicide do it okay yeah uh this is I, I wanted to really carve out a couple minutes to talk about dalton castle because um i don't like to admit when i'm wrong but uh i think it was actually just our last episode i talked about how i didn't think dalton castle's act was one that would work on a bigger stage yeah because we talked about the fishbowl theory yeah. like full sale with nxt the impact zone with impact that kind of thing and so then what do they do they ratcheted up by 10 notches and not only was i wrong it worked spectacularly man like i i think this guy should be integrated into tv more often like this i i'm i'm more than happy to be, by the way he looks like he could be leaping lanny Popo's kid doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the i mean he's probably um trying to support his back yeah like he, back those high-waisted trunks and stuff he's, the high, he's got the urkel stuff going yeah. um his promos are good. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's a bad promo guy, you know? Well, what I like about him is he's there. He's definitely unique, you know? Like, definitely a quirky character. Um, and he holds up in the ring just fine. I mean, despite having a major injury in his career, I think he really did a good job. Uh, like I said, I like this story with Jericho beating the former champions. I, I'm trying to think of what former... You know what I'm going to do, Andrew? I'm going to bring up the list of Ring of Honor can, champions. And, and see which ones you could get. Well... Yeah. Does this count the pure champion? Because that means we could count Nigel McGinnis. Oh, well, I mean, he is a free agent now. <laughs> he is. He got released. So what happened is NXT UK is basically no more. So yeah. they let Nigel go. And Nigel did confirm, hey, I am cleared to wrestle. I can wrestle if I want. Right. He basically said. So we've got, uh, I mean, Jonathan Gresham is obviously a former champion. Don't think we'll be seeing him. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't see him. Oh, wait, I just looked down. I found him. <laughs> <laughs> We won't see him because the guardrail's too high. <laughs> uh, he faced Bandito already. Roosh is in the company, so we could do a Jericho Roosh thing. Um, PCO, which is uh, Pierre Carlolette, the former Dude, Quebecer. He is signed long term with Impact. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's he's also insane. Like he's like super old. And he had when me and Ryan went to Impact's pay per view. He had the most insane month. He did a no-hands plancha and landed right on his head. Yeah. And he came right back up and did some crazy thing on the apron. Yeah, he, I was like, his, this like, is his character is almost like he's like Frankenstein's monster in a way, you know? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. 
Um, so he's a former champion, but we don't think we'll see that. Uh, Roosh, we mentioned Matt Taven is a former world champion. I don't think he'll be the one to beat Jericho. And I think that they just brought him in, so I don't know that they'll feed him to Jericho right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Lethal's a former champ. I don't know that we'll see Jericho against him. Uh, we had Dalton Castle. How about this guy named Cody? You think, <laughs> you think Cody might? <laughs> Cody? Who, Cody who? Uh, Cody Deaner, I think. Cody Hall? Yeah, Cody Hall. <laughs> I was going to say, there had to be a, another Cody in, in the wrestling business, right? There ha- I mean, but uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Here's one that I do think we could see uh, come out to face Jericho and lose. Christopher Daniels was a former Ring of Honor champion. And I think he kind of fits this story. Like, I could see Daniels coming out. Dude, that dude's, that dude's getting ready to apply for Medicare. Yeah, I mean, do you think his eye is still all blackened and disfigured? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to skip over one that I think could be a potential guy who dethrones him. Uh, Jay Briscoe, I don't think we'll see the Briscoes on AEW TV. Michael Elgin, maybe as an appearance? That's another one, like you had said with the Briscoes, who's been at risk of getting canceled a couple times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, then you got Kevin Owens, no. Uh, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, the American Wolves. Um, one of them is just main evented a t- an Impact pay-per-view. Was it Eddie, yeah, Eddie Edwards? Ed- yeah. yeah, Eddie Edwards. Uh, some guy named Tyler Black. I don't know what he's up to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jerry Lynn, which he can't wrestle anymore, but after the Dalton Castle match, Jericho goes after Ian Riccoboni, and Jerry Lynn came out, and Jericho gave him the safest pile driver I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I don't think Jerry Lynn can ever wrestle again. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he'll, I don't think that'll go that way. There is one obvious one who's already with AEW, but it's just, it's almost too obvious because they're also because we haven't mentioned this yet. They also announced they're going to go ahead and do another pay per view on Heisman Saturday, which is mm-hmm. December tenth final battle it's gonna be in texas and it's going to be in the freaking early afternoon like three o'clock in the afternoon and there's gonna be an nxt show on the same one called deadline which is like in the in the evening time that's he said there's one obvious one on the roster i think there's two ring of honor champs so joe is the one i was thinking of. yeah the one that i think could be the guy to beat him is adam cole if Adam Cole gets cleared to come back, I think he could be the one to come back, and that's the way you turn Adam Cole into a big baby face. Or um, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, too. Yeah, either or. That would make a lot of sense. Um, other than that, you go all the way back to the beginning. Loki was the first champion. Xavier was champion. I think Xavier might have died. I yeah, think he died right. in 2020. So Yes, yep. I do remember that story that he had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm even looking at the pure champions, and they're about the same. They're the same ones. I, there's nobody that you didn't bring up. Yeah, you know, I mean that, James that. Gibson, which is uh, Jamie Noble. I don't. Is he still in WWE? I don't really know. He is. He's still an agent there in okay. WWE. Yeah, I mean, I think I could see them bringing in Homicide to do a match for sure. Uh, yeah, so I mean they've done it before when yeah. they did Grand Slam, the first Grand Slam. Yeah, there's definitely still some more guys they could do to keep this going. I mean, Final Battle is in what December. Mm-hmm. So this needs to go to December. <laughs> and I mean, like they they got to do other matches, and they're kind of here's the problem. Mercedes Martinez has a knee injury, mm-hmm. so they didn't take the title off of her. Um, so they they're they're kind of like putting a lot of that Ring of Honor Women's Division stuff to bed. Yeah. Um, and moving it over to their TBS, <laughs> their TBS and AEW women stuff, and then the tag tag belts. It's weird because FTR is. 
are the Ring of Honor tag champions, but they're also doing matches at other promotions for their other tag belts, and they're feuding with Slur- Swerve and Glory to be number one contenders right. to, against the acclaimed. So I don't really know what direction they're going in with that, to be honest. And I can't really think of too many other like um, mini feuds you can do. Yeah, I don't know what this final battle card would be. <laughs> but they've sprinkled a lot of Ring of Honor into into dynamite so there's like there's a lot of like weird intermingling so if they want to like burn through a really quick show with some good talent with the ring of honor tag on top of it they can make it happen yeah you know very easily and the kingdom the kingdom versus fdr makes sense well there you go yep i think you could have a really nice match with taven and canellis against um those two as good Um, as it was i don't know that you go back to ftr versus briscoe's as go back to that well again and another one that we saw on rampage just recently that will i hope we never go back to is ftr versus gates of yeah the gates of agony congrats guys you actually managed to have a bad ftr match good for you (laughs) it was agony it was agonizing to watch (laughs) which is a shame because brian cage really made the most of his opportunity with wardlow and so he's stuck with these two bums you know i mean sometimes it's just that one chance like Mm -hmm. bandito like you get multiple like you get multiple looks on national television, but once you have that one where people really like Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley, mm-hmm. where they really pay attention to you because you do something out of the ordinary. That's why I think you see so much of this high risk within the match. That's why I don't have a problem with people taking time off because sure. the risk factor within the matches is so much higher than it was even like 10 years ago. And I'm not talking about death matches and high spots. Not some wild stuff in the late 90s and early 2000s as well. Right. What I'm talking about is the continuous nature of the spots and how many of them you do within a match. It right. is so demanding. Yeah. Like when I see people like Darby Allen just pop right back up and do more stuff, I'm like, how? How are you doing this? <laughs> right. you know? uh, last thing, and then we'll move off the Jericho thing. The other, I think, possibility of him is not losing to a former champion, but Daniel Garcia finally being the one to dethrone him. I think that could be make some sense as well. So. Yeah, but now they they're back into this act of the of the play of the Shakespearean uh, like story between Garcia and Jericho, where they're back in the fold together. Yeah. So we need to figure out a way to break them apart again, and I'm sure that this is very long term storytelling, and I'm pretty sure Jericho has no problem doing long term angles because he doesn't have to blow them off anytime soon, right? Right. <laughs> and here's the thing: that's that's smart business because he he knows that he's going to be on TV for X amount of weeks if if it's a three month program, you know? Right. It's good business. Right. Uh, one more thing on the Jericho Appreciation Society. Andrew, what what are your thoughts on Jake Hager's new gimmick of guy who goes insane if you touch his hat? <laughs> that was my gimmick for a while. I had I had a purple LSU hat that if anyone fucked with it, they were dead. Well, listen, I mean, I know he's supposed to be a, a heel, but I think that he's justified. Like, it's really douchey to mess with somebody's hat, you know? Like, to pull somebody's it, hat off their now, hat. Uh, uh, now, a fedora. Sure, you're just helping the guy that. out. but no yeah i mean what i mean what it didn't it look kind of like a fisherman's hat kind of it was like a bucket hat yeah (laughs) yeah kind of like those ones that walter mathow and jack lemon wore in the old man (laughs) it's kind of like do you remember festus who would like just be in a daze until the bell rang and then he'd go berserk (laughs) who was festus is luke gallows 
<laughs> it was Luke Gallows, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought so. And the little one was Terry Gordy's son. I remember that. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Was Jesse. 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 Jesse yeah. But I don't remember his real name, but he was – his dad – you want to talk about people who beat the crap out – get the crap beat out of their dads. <laughs> Terry Gordy would have beat the crap out of Jesse. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, – but yeah, so it's a funny gimmick. It was nice to have him beat up all the boys. Um, yeah, but um, it was a good match. It wasn't like oh, we're talking about Castle versus Jericho. Like yeah. it was 13 yeah, yeah. minutes, fun stuff. Out of nowhere, Joe's effect to win. Um, Reign of Terror continues over the honor. He's also one to try to beat the crap out of Ian Riccoboni. Right, <laughs> really, right. really. Dirty. Maybe that's um, the final battle match: Jericho versus Riccoboni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't talk too much about the Danielson one because uh, that happened after we had taped last. But, it, I mean, that was the turning of the screw where Garcia turned and yeah. went back to Jericho and cost Danielson the match and Jericho retained. Like, did you think that match was good? I thought it was... Mm, I thought it was good, but kind of like a theme of AEW the past month, just kind of forgettable, like... I'd have to really stretch my brain to remember the details of it, you know, outside of the finish. And it's kind of like a problem that I've had with AEW lately. It's like, I watch the show and I don't dislike it while I'm watching it, but if you were to talk to me the very next day, I'd struggle yeah. to remember Jericho things that happened. Jericho physically looks great. Like, he's yes. got all the moves, and Brian Danielson did a butter, a beautiful butterfly suplex off the top rope. Um, you know, but it, I think it was more, I think the, the finish fell flat because it was all building towards the story. Yeah. And almost everyone forgot what happened in the match because they were waiting for how that shoot was going to drop. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that was kind of like, I will say for Toronto, we didn't see too much bizarre world. It was kind of, kind of expected. I thought Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Jack had a good match. Yep. Um, Renee yep. Paquette debuting, which we had kind of teased on the last show before we, um, before we signed off, like, um, uh, I thought that was nice, and I think she's been a good... She's a nice addition, person. yep. Yeah, she did the sit-down with Danielson and Yuta on the next one, and um, her backstage stuff fits really nicely. Orange Cassie and Pac, where the title changed hands for the Atlantic title, that was a great... That was match. really fun. That was, was really fun. And life. it was a surprise. I did not think, if you were to ask me ahead of time, I would have thought that Pac retains... Um, yeah. So I thought it was cool to give Cassidy the the win, um, and like we said briefly earlier, it's kind of leading to a to a I think a split of the Death Triangle. Um, gosh. Oh, Jordan, do you know any tri- do you know any trios who might be uh, merging? <laughs> Listen, anytime Andrew, might be able to- <laughs> we are like Dwayne Wade and LeBron in the famous pose, you know, like the dunk. Because <laughs> in my brain, I'm saying, "Screw it, let's just talk about it." Finally, and then you just lay it up there. Uh, the elite are back, baby! <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah, the big news, if you've been listening for like an hour now, waiting for us to get to it, is uh, word came out that CM Punk is getting bought out of his contracts. Ace Steel was fired, uh, not very publicly, just kind of under the rug. Uh, and Punk is gone, which also led to the next batch of rumors that Kenny and the Bucks are headed back sooner rather than later. What do you make of all this? There's a lot to a lot. unpack there. It, it, that's what I was going to say. A lot to unpack. A lot. It's a mouthful. Mm. Ace Steel knows what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> um, first of all, the fact that it took that long to fire Ace Steel immediately tells you that Punk was trying his best to keep Ace Steel in the fold. Yep. And that it was a package deal. Yep. And that when Ace Steel got fired, it was almost like uh, 
it was almost like one of these things where like a very small move in chess is a giveaway of the big move. Yeah. And like when A Steel got fired, which like you said, kind of like people slid in the DMs to figure that one out. Um, and Melter reported it. That was the first sign going into like a week later of like, oh, Punk's about to go. And then Melter came out with the bombshell. I don't remember when he when he wrote it or said it or how it came out, but basically it was that Punk was getting his contract bought out. And and I think we had rampantly speculated about this accurately that the holdup was the terms of the no compete. And people were like <laughs> that means that means she's going back to WWE. WWE will sign anyone for Buzz. Right. Anyone. Right. They will sign. They will put Logan Paul in a main event in Saudi Arabia <laughs> if the, if it gets Buzz. So if they can sign CM Punk and Punk wants to do it out of spite to AEW, yeah, they're gonna do it. Right. If they triple the salary, it's hard to say no to anything. He did WWE backstage for Christ's sakes. Right. You know, so like the idea that like why would you need a no compete? Punk's principles are beyond taking money. Stop it. Right. Like, anybody would take the money if they're offered it. And yes, WWE would offer it. That's why Malachi Black ha- got a no-compete. You know, that's why I'm almost sure that when Andrade is let go, because he's literally sitting on his yacht serving his suspension. Um, <laughs> tough life. Charlotte, yeah, it's tough <laughs> life hanging out with Charlotte Flair, the beautiful Charlotte Flair in a yacht, like, <laughs> like counting the days. I hope you've I learned your lesson, sir. <laughs> he's gonna have a no compete like this is the way the game is played and um and for punk that was the biggest part of why you know the release wasn't officially announced i also don't think we're going to get an official announcement from tony khan himself or from all elite wrestling i i think they're almost you know i don't want to be in tony khan's mind it's a scary enough thing but um (laughs) yeah I think he's kind of ashamed of how it all went down. I mean, yeah. honestly, they all should be. Like, yeah. they're adults. And I would I would hope that even Punk is. Like, Punk is very much what you see on TV, I think, is very close to what you see in real life. Like a very he's ang- authentic. Yeah, I think he's a very angry person. Um, but he has to go home to his wife at night and, like, just sit down on the couch. And his brain starts to explore. And he has to think, like... Man, I look like an idiot. Like, he has to, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he... he wolfing he, down muffins, screaming about some poor dude, Colt Cabana, like, for no reason? Like, come on. He he came out looking like the bad guy, and I think... And I, I'll tilt this towards the elite side of things, because they're, they're the ones still in the fold, which would make them the most important part of us, of our discussion about AEW yeah. going forward. Um, we can talk about Punk down the road, um, you know, in the past tense, but when it comes to the elite... Like, in terms of apologies and uh, making amends, like, Punk was probably going to be at a point where he's like, man, I messed up. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the fanfare left him. The reason why it was easier, and I don't want to say this was the dominant reason of why CM Punk got let go by AEW. The reason CM Punk got let go by AEW is because he started the argument. He also started the fight. Yep. And he, and his accomplice... Escalated the fight. That was the reason why he got fired. Right. And all, but another reason why is that he lost the locker room, and he lost fans. The fanfare was gone. Yeah. Whereas the elite, and you could see, dude, one of the weirdest things I have seen on Dark Elevation is Brandon Cutler getting cheered. <laughs> the reason why he gets cheered is because they play that elite song. B. And elite. the truth is, <laughs> B. 
the elite is that you is that the fans just don't want to let Kenny and the Bucks go. They just have this visceral connection to those guys being AEW fans. CM Punk came in, did memorable stuff, came out. Mm-hmm. And that and that's just um arrive, raise hell, leave. And that and it is what it is. Whereas for, for Kenny and the Bucks there's a connection with the fans where they just did not want them to go. And I do think at the end of the day that was part of the decision making. Where but, they said, I don't want to like where Tony just said that's a bridge too far. I don't want to cut ties with these guys. Well, Even I, if they did wrong. Yeah, I think it goes to our discussion. I think it was last episode or the one before where we talked about what makes someone a WWE guy versus the, the Bucks, one, the right? Bucks, and Kenny are especially more than maybe anybody else there. They are AEW, you know, like mm-hmm. they are day one. They're executive vice presidents. They helped start the company. Like I will say, I think they're. I think that title will be taken away from all of them. I, I yeah. will say that. So I mean that that's my controversial take. The other thing too, and this is very. This is a. This is a strong take on my part, and you can shoot me down uh, okay. on it. Uh, I, I'd love to talk about it. The Bucks don't need to uh, – let me ask you this. Do any of them owe an, owe an apology to the fans? Like on television? Yeah. Yeah. Let's I, say that. My gut would say no because none of it transpired on television except CM Punk screaming and ranting like a lunatic. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, and it's okay. never even been discussed on TV, really. They just said they're stripped. And they were tweeners going out. Like, they were kind of like yeah. the heelish face. They were the popular act, but they were he- uh, still a heelish trio. I think they the come trio. back as, they, they probably come back as big baby faces, though, would be my That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, there's got to be, there's got to be an elephant. And if room. they do, then maybe they do a promo like that. Or okay. it's like, you know. I mean, Hangman did say that one moment where he said, my friends are gone. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, I think he said that in the. <laughs> okay, I do want to say this. Yeah, the promo where he where he bladed during a promo. <laughs> okay, there were people. This is where I keep telling you and I keep talking about how young wrestling fans they don't always get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so they look at something, they immediately think, and, and you and I have seen so much of it. And I'm not trying to be like Gran Torino, but when I watch MJF <laughs> William Regal, I know I can compare it to the ones I've seen in the past. I got a memory like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. like. That motherfucking promo was great. That was right on the level of other great ones I've seen. Hangman Page, when I would go on the internet, and people were like, oh my god, this, this is masterful. <laughs> if you look at it on the outside, and Hangman, I'm a man! Yeah, man. <laughs> he looks like Will Ferrell in Elf. <laughs> he punched himself so hard that he bled, dude. <laughs> He almost gave himself the first concussion. Yeah, maybe the concussion was from the promo, not from the match. <laughs> it was dumb. The promo was dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll, that, I'll just stay. I'll just stay there. But back to back to the elite. The thing I'll say is this: this is my strong take. The Bucks don't owe an apology to the fans. They need to thank the fans. Mm. They need to thank the fans for not like leaving them. Basically. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a what good take. Kenny needs to apologize to the fans because he sat there and he cut that stupid post-match promo when he returned saying, y'all are like a bunch of house cats that shit all over the floor, but you're still so lovable and dependent. <laughs> and it's like, Kenny, listen, I know that you march to the beat of your own drum. I know that's what you're trying to get over. Without these people supporting <laughs> you, you not be here. Yeah. I mean, being honest, and I don't know 
Kenny cares. Like, he's just that kind of... Remember he's that a very bizarre dude. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about this. Did you see that... Um, didn't he have a quote in the talent meeting that got leaked where he said, I wouldn't have hired eight out of the ten people that we Yes! <laughs> very, yeah. very divisive. Very divisive. Yeah, like, say. come on, bro. Especially since he's been gone. But at that point, like, he'd been gone for how many months? Eight. You know? Eight. And I do feel bad for Kenny because maybe he just like Steve Willie had illustrated. Maybe he just wanted to help out a dog, you know? <laughs> right. You know, he just wanted to be a man's best friend. And the and, funny thing is, like that quote, like depending on who that comes from, like if Jericho said that, I'd be like, what an arrogant turd. Kenny Omega says that, and I'm just like, oh, Kenny, you dumb dumb. You just don't know how humans interact. Like, you know? Right. Like, and like, and I, I mean, listen, we're not backstage, but if if. The dirt sheets are true. Like, the true leaders right now are Moxley, Jericho, and Danielson. Which, how and, awesome is that? I mean, three yeah, season I mean, like, pros. That, that is the true silver line. Yep. Yep. And I think that, really, I mean, maybe Tony Khan made, found a way to turn, uh, what's the phrase? Um, chicken salad. Neck, a, <laughs> chicken yeah. salad, uh, chicken shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, turn a negative, turn a negative into a positive. Right. Unfortunately, it's such an overwhelming negative. And then you have other people, you know, muddying the waters. We talked about Sammy Guevara and his issue with Andrade. Yeah, it's it's um, really taken away from on, the TV. You know. Yes, Brian does have a match coming up against Guevara on this dynamite that's coming up. Mm. However, he was not on the dynamite in Cincinnati, and I don't think that was an accident. Yeah, like, no, I don't I, either. I think, I think they sent him home. I think they were basically like, "Listen, you're not suspended, but we don't we don't need you tonight." It's yeah. kind of thing. And I wouldn't, basically do this without you. I wouldn't be surprised if that match is like 10, 11 minutes, and Brian just stretches him and hits him good and hard, and basically like gratification for the fans. Just Sammy Guevara going out there, just getting the crap kicked out. Yeah, of I'm not minutes. saying that I want Sammy to get a blood sacrifice. Like, you know, is he doing things that are dickish and might? deserve punishment at times sure yeah, yeah. but i don't ever want to see a performer get like you know browbeat just because like the boys don't like him right. like that's that doesn't solve any problems that just makes the culture worse you know the the thing is though like i don't think it's an accident that we haven't seen andrade back you know if you're if you're a lot if you're per- deliberately being a locker room cancer <laughs> i think the message is already out there get the fuck out you know <laughs> it's- uh, speaking of Andrade, sorry, but it's kind of funny. Like before he was taken off TV, he had this thing with uh, Preston Vance for like weeks, where like they tased him and stuff. Off. Yeah, yeah, like they're feuding. And then uh, last week, um, Excalibur says, and next week on Rampage uh, Ten, Preston Vance finally gets to face off against Roosh, and it's like as if Roosh was the one he was feuding with this whole time. They just removed Andrade from the equation and acted like he never existed. Uh, right, and and listen, there's going to be more. There's probably going to be other people that fall by the wayside because people think that they're difficult or Tony just doesn't think that they're worth the hassle. Thunder Rosa, I think we're already seeing that. She yeah. already clapped back on uh, radio recently mm-hmm. about how, you know, it, you can read between the lines pretty easily that people are still, that people in the women's division and within AEW are sort of like throwing shade at her about how she's still the champion, yet she backed out of doing all out with and basically they basically are are accusing her of, of the lo- of losing her smile mm-hmm. is what it is quote unquote and they're even starting to kind of make comments about that on tv as well where yeah baker said something about it but yeah. not interim the champion so 
Yeah. And so, but, and so she said something to the degree of like, um, uh, like, oh, you want to talk mess? Well, say it to my face, something yeah. like that. <laughs> so, but, um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Like she, she'll be back in January. Um, I'd say if she's back in January, it'll be for one match and she's gone. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not trying to say that Thunder Rosa was, is the problem. I'm not saying that. Maybe it's just that she just doesn't, maybe she just has the type of personality that clashes with the people who are at the top of the food chain, uh, in, in the company and they are not, they're just, they're not meshing anymore and it's not a situation where you need combativeness i would also say too like i don't think if that's true and she kind of faked an injury and stuff like that she didn't handle it very well but i also think she maybe had some right to be upset because her title reign was really really badly booked especially compared to tony storm who's like not setting the world on fire but every week she goes out in a match it's a pretty decent match and she wins like every week so it's not that hard and yet with thunder rosa they gave her the title and basically she disappeared you know (laughs) it's it was like, not a great look. Yeah. And, um, you know, I will say this. I mean, what would you rather have? <laughs> Here's a good one. Would you rather be Thunder Rosa sitting at home with your championship and not having to defend it? Or would you rather be Jade Cargill where you actually are a champion, but <laughs> you don't have your belt? <laughs> because, it's been, because it's been stolen. Right? Because right. Nyla Rose stole it. I <laughs> like the angle. Yeah. I think it's fun. I well, do love when the um, the baddies um, I'm forgetting their names Kira Hogan, Kira Hogan and uh, Layla Layla, Layla Gray. Gray yeah yeah that, I love the one where they meet up with um, Jade and Jade goes where's my belt yeah <laughs> where's my belt it's, I don't see a belt I mean gosh Jade has needed like anything to sink her teeth into because like and this is it yeah yeah it's yeah. it's good to see and like I don't have any. Like, there's no way Nyla Rose is going to win the match. But, gosh, Jade needed a reason to fight somebody other than just another match, you know. So, and she's doing well. Like, she did her staged protest, and I'm not going anywhere. Nyla says, I stole your car, too. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty good. Man, Jackson, the the Daily Place parking lot, it's a lot bigger than the NXT one. So, (laughs) you could get a, listen, I'm not trying to say that I have, listen, I've been watching a lot of true crime Netflix documentaries, and I'm just going to say... The more real estate you have, the more you can get away with. Mm, <laughs> Whereas, like, the smaller the parking spots, like, I mean, Full sales is basically a warehouse, isn't it? Like, yeah, pretty much. Hard. Like, how do they keep getting away with this stuff? Like, everyone can see who's beating up who on the you side. You keep getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in a giant football stadium auditorium, it's hard. <laughs> like, you could, like, skirt away really, really fast. I, I, you know, Nyla has gotten some nice little digs in. Like, she did that one where she quoted Sly Stallone and Judge Dredd. Yeah. <laughs> I am the law. I like, am the law. She, she's got great humor. She does. Yeah, she's and she's funny. kind of playing into it, but she's not playing into it like a baby face. It's almost not totally, but in a very sideways manage, ma- uh, sideways way, it's making Jay Cargill look like a baby face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's weird. I, I think it's just Nyla Rose is being herself self and uh it's working for both of them really also shout out to her she wore a cincinnati reds jersey to um to represent her uh boyfriend brandon phillips yeah yeah if you saw that uh one last thing i want to say about the punk stuff uh so yeah long story short with that is that kenny and the bucks will be back i want i wonder if maybe full gear like a surprise return i would say after they're yeah. going to go through this arc and it'll be after okay which i That'll did be- 
but I, I'm gonna. That's a very random guess. I did see that they hyped California shows again on TV, and I mean, what better? Not person? a coincidence. Yeah, Winter yeah. is coming is also official now. That will be December, I in believe. Texas the 14th. again. Texas, yes. So I mean, there's multiple times where they could, you know, make it happen. Uh, but here's my question: If AEW wants to be bitter towards Punk, and if they want to just rub some salt in the wounds. Will Colt Cabana be back on TV? That's a question. Well, maybe Colt Cabana can beat Chris Jericho for the ROH title. <laughs> he could. <laughs> that would be the ultimate FU. And Chris Jericho gets in the mic and says, Colt, I've seen the error of my ways. You are the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you're not facing Colt Cabana. You're facing Scott Colton tonight. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I hope he's not listening to this. <laughs> you know, I, I legitimately, through all of this, I feel bad for Colt Cabana more than anything. The dude he just seems like a happy-go-lucky dude. He did he nothing did, he did wrong. Nothing at all. Like except that, except the only thing he did wrong was make friends. <laughs> like that's it. And his friend stuck up for him, and then his ex-friend pooped all over him, and like, ugh, poor Colt. And another thing that came out of this because it was the Hangman promo that was like the um you know it was the it was the, the it was the it was the tea kettle lit the powder keg yeah that, right it was like the tea kettle that fell over like also it's come out especially after the injury you know with all the all the hands up going on that the Hangman is beloved in that locker room yes like he's very well like I wasn't sure really where the gauge of it was when all this happened because I thought that Hangman would get some sort of tangential blame for what happened with uh, the Elite because the Elite weren't around to be basically taking L's. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be Hangman taking L's, but it turned out that's not the case. Um, and when they were concerned for his health, I think this is the case for anybody who's injured. You're always worried. You don't any, want anybody to sure, be permanently sure. injured. But, I mean, there there's a lot of people who support Hangman, and they think that they think the world of him. So yeah. or in, in, that, in that ideological war... Punk clearly lost. I agree. And yep. he misread the room big time. Right. I'll say that. I, I think that's a, a really good summation of it all. Is as fans, we loved CM Punk. But we got to see that, like, okay, we love him on TV, but this guy kind of sucks in real life. Yeah. And, and we love and, these and other guys, too, and they seem to be pretty cool in real life. So we'll just go with the people who seem to be decent people, you know? And, uh, and on the rating side, you know, that's the part that was sort of a, a question mark. Yeah, like there's a sort of fear, like people are going to tune out. The truth is, the ratings are about the same. Yeah, if other than the Tuesday night dip because they've switched like, nights, but correct. Like, and they've had event programming to kind of hype it up, like you know, going to Canada and yep. things like that. They haven't gone gone like way up, but they're they're steadily in around the one million mark, and you know, they seem to be building their um their brand. You know, mm-hmm. like you talked about how Time Warner Discovery seems to be interested in more programming for them in some way, shape, or form, probably involving reality programming. But the thing is that it's just a lot of... It's hard to explain. Like, when it comes to Punk, like, when he came in and he did his stuff, I know you're a fan of Punk the character. I love CM Punk because he's a storyteller and I love stories. And I thought when he came in in AEW and did his thing, I thought he did great memorable stuff. Oh, yeah. I think wait to the last minute of him being there before that media scrum, I thought he did great, great stuff. Yep. Am I, am I going to miss him? Yes, I'm going to miss him. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're not the the type like, oh, he's not in AEW anymore, so he sucks now. Like, he had a great run. Yeah, he did great stuff. I thought Cody had some great stuff. You Mm -hmm. know? um, Some. But, like, you do have to move on. The wheel keeps on turning. Sure. And and for AEW, they have such a plentiful roster. And I think this was actually said by MJF in an interview where <clears> – because <throat> he's done interview rounds. He did one – we talked about the one with Ariel Yawani. He also did a really good one with Sam Roberts. And um, he talked about how they, they just got so much talent that it, it can just – you can almost churn out great matches without blinking blinking an eye. Like, even the match with Preston Vance. Preston Vance looks good. Yeah. You know? Like, he, this is another one who, like, you just kind of roll out of bed and <laughs> here comes another really good match, you know? I did. I will say this about Preston Vance. I did like the one where he's talking and Orange Cassidy yeah. pops up beer, and he <laughs> offers him a beer and Preston Vance goes, I don't have a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then how are you talking? Uh, <laughs> Andrew, can I interject here speaking of great matches you texted me earlier today uh said you had some work going on there's a little peek behind the curtain for our listeners you said uh the notes are set for the show if anything pops up this afternoon newsworthy let me know i received a text while we were taping from our good friend steve willie and he said talk about this breaking news running interference yep (laughs) okay andrew you want to talk about a great match next Uh tuesday seven o'clock on youtube six central Mark it down. The rematch. Pretty Peter Avalon versus Brandon Cutler. What do you think? Well, Peter's got to win this one. Yeah, he Brandon better. won the first one. Yeah. That is the only... I think I said this on the last show. That is the only time I purposely missed a dark elevation. <laughs> <laughs> because Brandon Cutler was in the main event. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to miss another one. <laughs> yeah. Pretty Peter Avalon, Brandon Cutler, honest, the rematch. I'll be honest with you. When it, I, I, this is small potatoes. But when it comes to the elevation slash dark hierarchy, I would much rather watch dark than dark elevation. Mm, like okay. dark, dark is usually in Universal Studios, and it's just kind of calmer and slightly longer. And you actually might like stumble upon a good match. Yeah, dark elevation, or, or uh, you might stumble upon Athena trying to murder someone. Yeah, you. So, oh my <laughs> God, I don't have the name of her in front of me, but um. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, so Athena was in. Um, yeah, let me get this. Let me get it right in front of me. I got it right here. Um, Athena was in Toronto, and she was wrestling um, someone named Jody Threat on uh, Dark Elevation. Jody Threat's from Canada, so she got the hometown cheer. Athena decided to say, decided to kind of lean into that and say, "Okay, I'll go heelish." Well, I don't know what happened. I did. I mean, I watched the match, but I don't know what happened in terms of communication. But yeah. basically. The moment where they misread each other on a spot, and <clears throat> Athena gives Jody a vertical suplex and just drops her. Yeah, like dropped her like a ton of bricks. And I mean, Jody got right back up. And some people thought that she that that Jody like kind of audibled and asked her to do that, and she was fine with it. But Athena got basically criticized backstage for taking liberties with a job, or kind of like Perry Saturn did in that infamous. Oh yeah. Sun- you know, and so, you know, you just don't want a reputation. Like, listen, you're not Vader. Like, you right. don't want a reputation of, like, beating the crap out of jobbers. Right. You know, beating people while they're down. No, yeah, it, it was pretty pretty ugly. But um, how did we get on that? <laughs> Wait, I don't I don't remember. But we were, that was, we, we were just we were Oh, just dark and dark it. elevation. That's right. Like, I like dark more than dark elevation. Dark elevation is taped before dynamite. And 
it's just not fun to watch. Can it I, just isn't. Can I wildly speculate? Yes. <clears throat> Pretty Peter Avalon versus Brandon Cutler. Pretty Peter, uh, what's his group called with uh, Ryan Nemeth? Um, and... Hold on. Yeah. Oh. Ryan Nemeth, is J.D. Drake in that group? Yeah, but that, remember, he's all, J.D. Drake's in two of them. He's yeah, got the workhorse, the workhorse with, uh, with Anthony Henry. Um, oh, what's the name of that damn man? Marsha would kill me. Like, yeah. what's the name? I forget it. Pretty, either way, what if okay. What if uh, next the week? Wingman, the wingmen. The wingmen. Next yeah. week, the wingmen surround the ring. Brandon Cutler's getting beat down. And the elite make their return on YouTube at 7 o'clock next week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be hilarious? That's your punishment. They can only wrestle in dark elevation for like a month. The ranking system is reset. They all just come out as masked wrestlers. The <laughs> didn't, um, didn't Brian Danielson wrestle last year in a mask? Uh, what was his name? Encanto? Wait, that was a Disney movie. Yeah, no, yeah, no. What was that? Encanto. We don't talk about Bruno San Martino. <laughs> we don't talk about Punko. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about Bruno was uh, WWE orders for 40 years or so. <laughs> Brian Danielson mask AEW. Let me Google that real quick. Mephisto? I know what you're talking about. Uh, Fuego Dos. That was Cody. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, Cody was Fuego Dose. Yeah, which one was Brian Danielson? They beat I don't a remember. New mass, whatever. But it did happen. And I think... Oh, he had a full body suit. Where's his name? Oh, <laughs> in, infin, Infinito. Infinito? Yeah, and he has like the infinity symbol. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so oh, And I'll, here's the funniest part. I don't think he ever wrestled as Infinito ever. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't. He looked kind of he like was the, he wasn't a mask, but he was the American Dragon. He looks kind of like that guy uh, Axiom in NXT. Maybe Brian <laughs> Daniels has worked for both companies. We just don't know it. But anyways, let's just. <laughs> I but uh, but yeah, like I, mean, I know we're bouncing <clears throat> everywhere. But the the thing is, like, when it comes to those lesser shows, <clears throat> yeah, like you could you could kind of play with it and have fun. But you, I mean. You just don't want to beat the shit out of jobbers. Right, hey, right. Unless you're, the, unless you're the Murder Hawk man, monster Lance Archer. That's totally fine. Right. I mean, but I mean, I it's kind of like their tryout. So to, just to wreck their tryout is just kind of unprofessional and crappy. Yeah, know? like they had a guy named, um, God, and I think his name was Action Andretti. And he actually looked pretty good. Like mm. sometimes like Layla Gray. Like, yeah, you listed some, him in the notes. That's right. Yeah, like there are just some people that just pop up and you're like, wow, like mm. that – I never saw that person, but that person was pretty impressive. That's kind of how Dante Martin got his yep. his start on yep. Dark, you know. Um, but speaking of those shows, um, something that's been popping up in the news uh, is that Warner uh, really wants to expand the AEW Galaxy. What would that be? The AEW. I have no idea. Well, that's that's <clears throat> what uh, that's what um, Angela Parker calls it. Yeah, but they the want AEW Galaxy. They want more programming, but they want some non-in-ring programming for AEW Discovery. So, like... So, they're supposedly filming a reality show as we speak backstage. Oh, man, I love it. I think that's cool. I don't know what... I don't know of what nature. I don't know what they're... I'm pretty sure it would have to be kind of theatrical, but knowing AEW and their goings-on, I'm pretty sure they could very... I would bet it's probably, like... I would bet it's probably Ty and Sammy. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like I get wedding and stuff. 
not that and all the drama. Yeah. I could see, dude. Can you imagine a freaking video of the fight between him and Andrade? <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> I think that'd be so cool. <laughs> uh, it just cuts to the left, and MJF is standing there shaking his head in disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> But, Andrew, we thought it'd be fun. Uh, you know, Warner is looking for some uh, programming ideas featuring AEW guys. So let's uh, give them some free ideas, you know. Um, do you have any ideas for shows that they could maybe do? There's a few. Um, Adam Cole looking for all his friends. Yeah, that works. As a ghost, as a ghost hunter. <laughs> In his Ghostbuster outfit. In his Ghostbuster outfit. Um, let me see. That's one. Uh Shaquille O'Neal jumping off a rat ramps. Oh, with with Sting with special co-hosting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my um, god. I don't know. Um, Brody King bounty hunter. Yeah. Oh man, I think Brody King in like he enters every scene like the Kool Aid Man, just bursting through walls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm kind of going out of left field with a few of them. Um, what what about um I don't know you got a few yeah so I had like a real one um okay. I, I actually watch Ethan Page's YouTube channel and she a show a couple years back called the Toy Hunter that I really really liked uh, there's this guy and he like would go to vintage toy shops and conventions stuff and look for old toys and like re- sell them and stuff like that Ethan Page kind of does that himself like when he goes to autograph he does a lot of autograph signs at comic book shops and card shops and toy shops and it's just fun to watch him and people shop like Nyla Rose is with him a lot and Dan House is with him a lot. I think it'd be kind of a cool show is uh, Ethan Page Toy Hunter. Um, I think I don't know the name of it, but I have an idea for a show <laughs> that just involves <laughs> just involves people throwing garbage at Brian Billman Jr. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. I just, I just think it'd be funny to make Brian Pillman eat garbage. Did you see that? There's a new varsity team. Yeah, the varsity athletes. The varsity athletes, and then we got like two varsities. Is this Riverdale? <laughs> <laughs> they should fight for the right to be varsity, and the loser the junior varsity team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, are we gonna have the the Go Big Show show? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the Go Big Show show, Big Show show with Star Big Show. Oh man! Um, um, the, 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 uh, how about the butcher and the blade uh, do like uh, kitchen nightmares? But if, <laughs> if, if the chef yells at them, they just beat the shit out of them. <laughs> I feel like I mean it's almost Halloween. We could do something with Julia Hart, like uh, in her little witch costume, going door to door trying to scare people, but failing miserably. Like, I'm uh, how evil. about how about how about Abaddon and the bunny? <laughs> Go to the mall yeah. <laughs> and do glamour shots like in the eighties. <laughs> um, I mean, there's there's a few options. I mean, they got a huge roster, man. And I mean, li- I mean, listen, Sean Spears is back. What if? Uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> what if? Uh, what if the New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson starts dating Trent Beretta's mom in a reality show? Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So Zach Wilson would be Trent Beretta's dad. Yeah. It could be called like <laughs> "Who's Who's My Dad" or something. Sorry, Trent <laughs> that could be a scripted sitcom. My to best be friend. My best friend's dad. Yeah. 
best friends did. Oh, gosh. There's a, a lot that they could do. Yeah, but, I mean, the rumor is that they're looking for, I don't know if it's, like, non-wrestling content, but still in the wrestling universe. Like, you said, a backstage reality show. That works. But, like, I mean, the image you put in our notes is, like, uh, Darby Allen at Nitro Circus. Like, I think it'd be... That could be a very interesting concept that of a show. That talked about on the show before, and I yeah. think that's legitimate. I think if Darby Allen did, like, a... Like a um, like a Rob Drydeck, like a type ridiculousness thing. type thing, yeah. I think that would actually get buzz. Yep, people would watch. People would get millions. He would get millions of views of people watching. Oh my god, did you see Darby Allen jump off this fucking crazy? Yep. Like I think you could go that way with it, or I think you could even do a show where like that's one episode is like Darby Allen does crazy dives, but the show is different AEW people and basically showing them what they're really like. You know, like yep. life outside the ring or something like that. I think it'd be really interesting because I would love to see what Powerhouse Hobbs does on a Tuesday afternoon. You know, yeah, and their <laughs> and their diversity has gotten slightly better, right? You know, they they've been able to represent a lot more, you know, of 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 um of minority groups like groups that are not as well represented, and so mm-hmm. they you might be able to like uh to reach different demos that way uh for for. Yeah non a non in ring AEW product. So people look at look yeah. at that and they're like, oh they're just trying to branch out. Well that's the point. The point is to make your brand right. more recognizable. And if you don't if if you don't want that to happen and you want it to be just a pure wrestling program, then maybe you should have just watched Ring of Honor. Oh yeah, it's dead. <laughs> Ring of Honor <laughs> Like we you can't do a pure wrestling product anymore. Right. Like you just can't. Like you can do throwback wrestling. NWA did that one for a little bit, but like you can't you can't maintain that. You have to be able to like if you really want to be one of the big boys, like you got to be able to expand your portfolio as uh, as a Stringer Bell once said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you got to be able to make it. You got to be able to make it recognizable to the mainstream. Yeah. One last one, and I think one that I think could really work, given like their roster and the people they have employed. Do you remember a show called Attack of the Show back like probably like fifteen? Yes, years I ago? do. Actually, I just read that G Four got canceled again. Oh, okay. I feel like an Attack of the Show style show with like an Adam Cole, and as much as I can't stand the guy, Sean Spears, uh, Evil Uno's a big like gamer type guy. I think they could pull off something like that and put it on. TNT, and I think it could have like a little niche fi- following. Um, I definitely think they could pull off something like that if they wanted. So to. something video, so something video game related. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, they have, they actually have an AEW Games account on YouTube and Twitter, and it's usually Luno hosts most of it, um, and they like play games with each other and stuff like that. I don't think you could do what they do on YouTube on a TV show, but they could, you know. Jazz it up a little bit, streamline it a little more, and uh, do like game reviews and stuff. I think they absolutely could pull something off like that because they kind of have that already working. And gosh, you got a video game that you're going to release, so why not make it the the highlight of your first show? Boom, synergy. I just did it. I, I should be an executive. <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing all the cuts in W in TWD, it's not going to be too long from now. Right. <laughs> Which leads me to my last suggestion. Jade Cargill okay. is Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> so we could spend 80 million dollars on it and never see that either right exactly <laughs> well the here's the only scary part about what's going on with david zaslin um be, being in charge of it and they you know the fact that their stock is low and they got a quarterly report coming up and blah 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 is that what happens is 
the the big thing that all bosses like to do is to drive down costs. So how do you drive down costs? You you cut budget. How do you cut budget? You fire people. Yeah. Yep. And so there, there's a lot of this stuff going out of like, oh, they're shutting down this project, they're firing this person, they're firing that person. AEW is going to get lopped off in the process. Well, clearly, based like you said on the trade report, that's not the case. Right. Like they're, they're being all in, pun right. intended. And right. and they they know that they've got a good male demo. Can they branch that out into a female demo? Maybe you do a female uh, oriented reality show, mm-hmm. like a la Total Divas, like. But with more, but with a little more spice to it. Like maybe you could do something like that. They they'll probably find some kind of angle to make people see to find other like segments of the audience that they would have no, otherwise not been able to reach. But I feel like AEW is in a good spot. Like I I mean it's been a couple it's been a month or two since you know the, all that all out stuff and. The trying to rein in the cursing memo, and I, I feel like they're still in a good place in terms of their relationship with Warner Discovery, and that I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. I will say this: I do think, I do think AEW on TNT either needs to be revamped, or they just need to stop it completely. Mm, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um... Can I ask you a totally jumping to a different topic question? Sure. All right, so I came in, and you had to talk me off a ledge because I threatened to quit because of Matt Taven. If Riho beats Jamie Hayter, will you still do this show in the future? I've already seen him once this year. (laughs) I mean... Um. Because they're facing off on the dark dynamite, we call the dark dynamite. Let me say this: you know. I think that's gonna. Yeah, let me. Uh, I can run down the matches really quick if you want me to. It's yeah. um. We got Moxley and Penta. Be, uh, I know. Yeah, Moxley and uh, Penta. That was a late ad. Um, yeah. Samoa Joe and Wardlow, Warjo, still alive versus QT Marshall and Nick Camarado. Oh my. wow. Okay. No, wait. I'm so sorry. I was looking at the Canada one. That was a real match that actually happened on Dynamite in Canada. So. Uh, <laughs> To the real one, Danielson and Guevara, FTR versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. That's going to be really good. Yep. Um, Rio and Hater, like you said, I, I hope Hater wins. Um, Me too. Jericho and and Garcia versus Claudio and Wheeler Yuta. Okay. So that's what we have for now, and nothing yet announced for Rampage. Probably get another MJF promo would be my guess, and uh, gotta you gotta have something with uh, the acclaimed. I mean, they've really done a good job with them. In terms of striking, yeah, they had a mini hot. feud with um the varsity athletes, Tony Nese and Joshua. Yeah, because Mark Sterling tried to trademark scissoring, <laughs> and they couldn't do it for like a week. Yeah, and uh, and they won a titles versus trademark match. Yeah. so I guess you can win trademarks by winning a wrestling match. No. Which, by the way, totally easy spot that they need to be doing is because they did the thing where they both had Mark Sterling was on the ground. They had him each with yes. leg, and they stomped his nuts. <laughs> they need to they need to do that with where they each have a leg and call it the scissor and like pull their legs apart like that old timey tag yeah. team move you know yeah the rock and roll express used to do that yeah. a lot easy just call um, it the scissor scissors scissor snap or something yeah but, Andrew I think we kind of hit everything um it feels like we went through things pretty quick actually but. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the debuts. Uh, Did you see that the Bollywood Brothers showed up on Dark Elevation? I I didn't see that in writing, but I was listening to uh, the Post Wrestling Dynamite podcast, and they mentioned it. 
Uh, yeah, they did show up. They but they lost. I I <clears throat> think they lost to the Trustbusters. Yeah. Ooh, gross. Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird group. Like they had Hook fight Arya Davari and die on Rampage, and he just beat him clean. Oh wait, no, they lost the guns. I'm sorry, they lost the guns. The guns. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the guns are still in this weird spot too. I mean, it's. They're feuding with FTR. Yeah, they actually they're call themselves belt. top guys and stuff. They, so they'll yes. probably cost FTR that match on Dynamite, huh? Yes. Uh, I think that there's going to be some shenanigans going yeah. on. And so I, that'll probably be a full gear match. Is Swerve and Keith against the, the, the yeah, acclaimed. Yeah, like small, the rubber, small like, things like Hook is feuding with uh, Arya Davari, yeah, I guess. Gross. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. Darby Allen, James. Oh, we already beat him. He already beat him on Rampage. Right, right. So yeah. that might already be over for the most part. Yeah. Um, uh, Darby Allen, Jay Lethal. So yeah, Jay Lethal that. made this weird, like, cryptic comment. Like, one of my friends told me the secret to beating you. Like, made it seem like he knows someone from Darby's past, which I don't know what that would be. But, and then no. he just—it <laughs> was actually kind of a cool spot. They, they jumped him and like. One of those big like garage doors. They put it down on Darby and Jay Lethal went on the other side of it and put him in a figure four leg lock. Like 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 in Batman, like the sixties Batman. Yeah. Um, for the firm, uh, they now own Matt Hardy's contract because all ego Ethan Page beat Isaiah Cassidy in like one of the most one sided matches you'll ever see. Yeah. But Matt Hardy also decided to do a slam rap out of nowhere. That was really weird. Did you see that one? No. That was on Rage. He just like all of a sudden like went into a rap to th- so... to like to like talk talking to uh, Stokely Hathaway and Stokely just like walked off like what the fuck was that? Um, Do you think Matt has some weird creative control clause in his contract? And Tony just I like, think so. You've got five I minutes think, on TV. Do whatever you want. I also think Jeff's coming back soon. <clears throat> I think something's going on there. Eddie Kingston is very mad at everybody. Yeah, just pummeling people. Yeah, and Ortiz is like trying to calm him down. Um... I read a thing online, and I don't know how much you, truth you have to take in this. I read that Santana and Ortiz are kind of at odds in real life in the sense that Santana kind of wishes they had jumped ship and gone to WWE, whereas Ortiz is kind of like, uh, I'm chill with where we are. I don't know if there's yeah. any truth to that or not. but I want to say this, too, about Ortiz. That man grows hair very quickly. Yeah, he just got a shave like <laughs> six weeks ago. He shaves his head, and it's literally like he's got a full head of hair. I'm like, dude, you just shaved it. I thought you shaved it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, Penelope Ford is injured. She was supposed to wrestle Will Nightingale in that match, and they scratched her. She lost – Then and the, the plug-in was Layla Gray. Willow beat Layla Gray, and then she officially yeah, got this is some graphic. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I thought that's cool. Good for her. Yeah, I like her. I mean, Willow deserved it. I mean, yeah. she worked her ass. Fans love her. Fans love her. So, uh, all right. I think it's time. Do we get to our questions? Let's do it. All right. Let me bring them up. <clears throat> all right. First things first. I read a couple of these ahead of time. Normally, I try and read them, <laughs> but I did read a couple. Um, John Moxley signed a five-year extension, while Chris Jericho signed a three-year extension. Andrew, if you were in charge, of smart, a- smart. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. If you were in charge of a promotion, would you ever consider a lifetime contract for someone? That's a two-parter. Would you? And two, who would you consider it for? If the answer is yes. Mm. No. No. I w- no one gets – you can't do a lifetime contract for anybody. Not even The yeah. Undertaker. I mean Vince McMahon has fired his own son, so come on now. Like, 
Like, I, I can't think of one person where it's like, in perpetuity, this person is the one. The maybe, only, maybe Steve Austin? I was going to say, the only examples I could think of would be like The Rock and Steve Austin. Guys that like, you're always in our company. If you ever want to do anything wrestling related, you do it in our ring. Okay. You know, like... So not- let me ask you this question too. So I'm, I'm not going to spoil what a lot of people are talking about from the movie, but Black Adam came out and got a, a big opening. Mm-hmm. That's that's Warner Brothers, Time Warner Discovery. I know The Rock is very, very tight with Nick Khan, who's the co-CEO of WWE. Mm-hmm. Is there any, like, any way Dwayne Johnson will be in any way associated with all elite wrestling ever? I doubt it. Like, okay. I can't. I can't see it. I mean, he did. Go, he was on Impact that one time, right? Yeah, he inducted Cam Shamrock during quarantine and gave a video. And he didn't even show up to the Rock like twenty year anniversary Survivor Series. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, but you know what I could see is if they do branch out with like we talked about, like non wrestling programming. I could see something like AEW guys like on the red carpet for a Rock movie. You know, well, and, you know, Miro Miro did that with John Cena. <clears throat> yeah, he so I could see something like that. Red carpet for the Suicide Squad, and they took a pic. They like kind of met up. Yeah. halfway. Yeah, I miss Miro. Yeah, he's supposedly doing a show on CBS. Oh, or NBC. Like I think that was one of the things. But Are you there, know. God? It's me, Miro. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Uh, okay, next question. Since uh, we had Title Tuesday, where the Tuesday Night Dynamite had four title matches, if AEW put on a women's division Wednesday, uh, which was an AEW show with only women's matches, female talent, would you watch it? I, I would. I'd give it a shot. Like, yeah. it would be almost like the Ring of Honor show. Like, I would give it a try. Like, yeah. is it something I would watch on the regular uh, yeah, like, I, don't, I, I don't think they're deep enough like to you, do that. You talked about the fear of waning interest. That would be something I would like where my interest would wane. Right. Like where like 205 Live was, where it's like, I can miss this. You know, like, though, why why can't they do a dark episode where like just women's matches? Why not? Why can't they just do a show, like an entire show where it's just women's matches? Right, they could. I mean, they really could, you know? Yeah. Um, next question, though, is really important. Would you walk around in a purple fedora? <laughs> Purple hat, yes. Fedora, no. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, bucket if, hat, sure. If, it, if the answer at the end of the day is purple fedora hat, no. Yeah, no. I would probably, uh, I would ask uh, Gia Kager to beat me up if I was wearing a purple fedora <laughs> 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 You got all that head of hair to cover up, yeah. <laughs> so Jade Cargill, we talked about earlier how she staged a sit-in. She's going to hijack the show. And ahead of time, she's like, I'll take the whole 60 minutes. I don't care. I'll hijack the whole show until I get my title back. Uh, obviously, it didn't go 60 minutes. She hit the ring. Nyla immediately showed up and stole her car. Um, but what is the longest wrestling promo you ever remember watching as a fan, good or bad? Okay, I'll give you a good one. Okay. When, when Austin sat in the chair waiting for Bret Hart. That thing lasted like 30 minutes. Like, where he hijacked the show. This okay. was in early 97. And I, I kind of remember that. And, like, a couple guys and hit they, the ring and he would beat him up. Re- and-, and they tried, yeah, they tried to talk sense to him and he stuns him. <laughs> like, yeah. stuff like that. I remember that. There was a... Th- I, I can't remember which ones. They almost all seemed to fall together. I know a lot of people have this idea that the, the, the 20 minute Triple H promo started in 2000 because The Rock had that famous <laughs> thing where he made fun of him. 
the truth is, around 2003 and 2004, that was the beginning of Raw every week. Oh, and it there was were the some worst. of these Triple H Evolution next feud person, next person comes in. There have been some of those segments that felt so long, so drawn out, mm-hmm. so meandering, boring. It's like. Please end this. I'll tell you another one that went way too long. Shane McMahon's confrontation with Braun Strowman, where Shane was making fun of him. I one don't think the, I remember that one. That I don't was know if during, I caught that one. That was during Thunderdome. It's one of the worst promos ever. But I remember it being way too long. Like, way too long. Gotcha. So I thought of a long one that was actually pretty good. Okay. Um, and it was in fall of 98 on Nitro when they finally brought back Ric Flair. Uh, okay. It was long, even with the introductions. They brought out all the horsemen. They were decked out in tuxedos. Arn Anderson introduces each and every guy. So Arn kind of cuts a promo. Then he calls out Flair. It was a long, long promo, but it was all even longer because there's multiple stoppages of like the fans going nuts. Like all in all, that was probably over 30 minutes on Nitro. Um, but like that, when I read the question, I'm like, "That's the one that goes to my mind," and it was good. I mean, that yeah, was, you know. I I kind of had the idea of like if something that felt long, yeah. Like, and so then WCW, of course, followed it up by having Kurt Hennig slam his head in the cage door and ruin everything. <laughs> uh, in terms of ones that felt long, gosh, I'll go two, three weeks ago with Soraya's uh, first promo about being the evolution of change. Blah 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 blah. That was bad. It was so bad. That was I mean, uh, the, he, she did. She did have a couple things where um, she she showed up, but she was she's been she's been a needle mover of segments. If you look at the quarter lease, but the quarter yeah. hours, like in terms of like presence, yeah, you know, just there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like until until she, people don't people will pop at the first time they appear, but if you're not going to be in matches, you're going to lose your. Uh, your buzz really yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, one that I think is really bad in terms of feeling like forever was, um, oh gosh, it was Alexa Bliss and Bailey. Okay. And, oh, Bailey was still a baby face, and Alexa Bliss did like a "This Is Your Life" type segment, and it just oh sucked. yeah, it sucked so bad. That was a really, really bad one. <laughs> There's been some Cena ones that went pretty long where yeah. I was like, Ugh, yeah. I can check out of this. And that one felt long because it, like, they tried for like some comedy and they just – when you try for comedy and you miss, you die a, de- a long death. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go back to questions. Um, midterm elections are coming close uh i'm starting to see the commercials on every youtube ad and stuff like that vote everybody yeah um coming up in november name the greatest mid card <laughs> uh, name the greatest mid carder in pro wrestling history andrew you ricky you listen to your answer here yeah ricky yeah. Dragon, Steve-O. ricky steam and i see this listen and it's changed now over over time like Big card. Everybody has been main eventers in some point of their sure, lives. Yeah, like he was the NWA champion, sure, I get it. Yeah, he's been in main events with Ric Flair and such. What I think of mid-card, I think of like, if you put this match or this person's match in the middle of an ideal show, can you do a better match than the one that they do in that spot? And for Ricky Steamboat, the answer is no. Like, the only one I can think of is Sean. So, you know? I think what's funny is my answer 
is Rey Mysterio. And okay, so I wonder I, if it's because I, they're both just all-time great baby faces. True. Like, true. I mean, those those are two of probably, I, I would say, what, top five baby faces of all time? Two of those two are probably both Kurt, on there. Kurt right? Angle's another one, though. Like, yeah. when he was in the big part, God. Yeah. He could knock it out the park. And part. you could give him 20 minutes or seven, and it's just going to, he, he'd crush He's going to make it entertaining. Correct. Yeah. That's the, that's the important thing about, there's a, there's an art to being <clears throat> a big card wrestler. You yeah. Know? Uh, October 20th, uh, I actually placed a bet on this on my um, FanDuel same-day parlay, same parlay bets. October 20th, we had a rare sports equinox. That was we had a NBA game, an NFL game, a Major League Baseball game, and NHL games all happening on the same day. And I, MLS. For some reason, they count MLS. Yeah, and there was even uh, NCAA football games happening that night, too. Yeah, and also, isn't there PGA golf in November now? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Like... I want to say you maybe. could say there is, and I'd believe you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, tennis isn't uh, tennis isn't going on anymore. Roger Federer retired. <laughs> right. So what's what's the closest we've ever had to a pro wrestling equinox? Let me ask you this question: Can you pick a certain weekend or day or a month for you, or would you look? Do you look at it more of a longer? I wouldn't period say of time? month because month we could kind of cheat a little bit, but weekend. Okay. Sure. I'll, okay, I'll give you one. Okay. That week that AEW debuted, NXT was on there, too, on Wednesdays. SmackDown went on Fox, and they had Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. That was a loaded week. Okay. That was a pretty loaded week. And we've had a few like that. Clash, The Labor Day weekend with Clash of the Castle and All Out. We've had a few iterations of this. The 90s, I, I, I know, we sound, we sound like we're hearkening back all the time. The late 90s had some fucking loaded weeks yeah. like like weekends where it was like i'm googling oh right now because i want to check the i date can on barely something. keep my eyes open i'm watching so much wrestling you know? <clears throat> because you didn't just have wcw and wwe you also had ecw did ecw and you yeah. um and then they had other stupid random pop-ups like even heroes of wrestling that piece of crap <laughs> like like they, like you had everything and then you had the thunder and you had smackdown i sound like bret hart the thunder <laughs> the thunder <laughs> Goldberg, but um, <laughs> um, ECW was on TNN along with the pay per views that they had. So like, it got to a point in '99 and 2000 where it's like you can't like there's wrestling everywhere. So my brain, my brain tricked me because in my mind, I thought that speaking of all this stuff, I thought that Heatwave '98 was like within the same week of SummerSlam '98, and like Heatwave '98 is. A lot of people consider that like the best ECW show Ohio. of all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and SummerSlam '98, of course, was Austin Undertaker. But I just googled it, and they were almost a full month apart. So <laughs> my brain yeah, thought they were like a week. They had same to plan in advance. Uh, yeah. And when they started adding ECW to their pay per view schedule, they would clear the week, and ECW would just get whatever WCW and WWF didn't get. Yep. Yeah, so that's I don't know. I guess I don't have an answer because my brain. I was convinced those were like three and, days apart, and also. Remember, UFC was still kind of like in the undercurrent. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. super popular, so everybody was watching wrestling. So, right. like, you would, like, every day, like, go to the water cooler, go to the playground. Hey, did you hear this happen and this happened? And you would hear it, like, every day because wrestling was on every day sometimes. Right, right. it really was. I mean, it's <sighs> EC was a pretty viable third option. I don't know that they could pop a third option anymore now. 
I mean, do you think we've had some close calls in the last few years where it's like, man, this is a lot of wrestling? Well, gosh, yeah. all all out weekend. I mean, we had all out and NXT did a show like the day before, um, mm-hmm. and there was a SmackDown the day before that. So I mean, you had three days in a row of major shows. You know, I'll tell you the day it'll happen. I'll give it. You know what? I'll I'll rampantly speculate. The day that Dynamite goes head to head with Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Because they'll both load up. They'll both load up. Yeah, that'll be the day. You know what? Here's another one. Remember when Impact was live and they went up against Raw and Raw? Oh yeah, with Hogan and Bischoff and that. That was kind of a wrestling equinox, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Okay. Um, So AEW had a match with trademark online. We talked about it. The scissors were on the line. Uh, If you could take any trademark from WWE for AEW to use, what would it be? Give me yours. <laughs> uh, mine was kind of going off yours. Uh, we just had they just had Halloween Havoc uh, for NXT. I would take the Halloween Havoc name. Oh, damn it! That was gonna be that was gonna be one of my answers. Yeah, I always um, thought Halloween Havoc was just the coolest pay per view name. <laughs> I like um, Super Brawl too. I thought Super Brawl is a cool name. Super Brawl is a great name. Spring Stampede. I love that name. Yeah, me too. I always loved it because it had that Canadian Stampede. WCW just had the coolest names, man. Uh, Besides I mean, WrestleMania, think, obviously WrestleMania I mean, is the coolest. I think name. Dusty gets credit for some of that. Yeah, you know, because yeah. that was the Bunkhouse Stampede originally. Yep. Um, man, uh, Clash of the Champions. Yeah, that's a good one. If Clash of the Champions was an AEW name show. If that was called, if that show was called Clash of Champions instead of Battle of the Belts, it would have been treated like it was. Right. So not It'd taboo. Be... So not taboo Tuesday then. <laughs> <laughs> or um or bragging rights. <laughs> bragging. Smackdown bragging. has bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> or Smackdown, shut your mouth. <laughs> Actually, you know what? One would be cool too because it's just something AEW could do. Is King of the Ring would be kind of cool. You know, okay. WWE's not doing anything with it. Why not? You know. No, I mean, listen. They, they. I don't think it's a coincidence that War Games is coming back. No, they know what fans want, right? You know, like they, they do their, they do their target audience stuff, and they, they know what people like. And if War Games is a word that pops fans, they're going to give them War Games. They're not going to give them blood, which is like what? But, <laughs> but I get they'll give them War Games. You know? Yeah. So you'll have to clue me in on this one a little bit. It says NXT fans were upset that a match was won clean with a vertical suplex. Well, okay, what was I'll stop you right there. there. It yeah. was um, it was uh, Indy Hartwell against a wrestler, uh, okay. and she won with a Tully Blanchard style slingshot. Oh, a slingshot. Okay. Well, it wasn't a slingshot. She actually suplexed her from the. She she got to the second rope and and kind of like stood up on it and just gave a vertical suplex to her opponent from the apron to back to the ring and pinned her one two so three. like a halfway superplex yes okay and people are like what what that was dumb <laughs> it's like dude come on like i mean we've seen matches end in salt small package and that's the question is what's the most bland finish to a match you've ever seen so i'll, I'll let me uh, adjust that question a little bit what's the most bland finishing move in history. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I you know I like roll ups. People like I I see people criticize roll up finishes. Like, okay. oh, that's, what a dumb way to end it. I'm like, I actually kind of like it because you kind of like fooled them. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It depends on I, the context. Yeah. I hate 
I hate finishes where someone makes hits the finishing move and they take forever to cover them and then they cover them. Yeah, it feels I like they're just rubbing it in a little bit. <laughs> you like know? Triple H famously did that to Booker T. Yeah. Where he gave the pedigree and he literally waited like 30 seconds and right. then pinned it. Because it makes you look even stronger because your finisher keeps guys down for yeah, and however I long that. plus three. You know? That to me is a bland finish. Yeah, okay. Um, in terms of the most bland finishing moves, why does Hacksaw Jim Duggan's three point stance just fly into my brain? <laughs> like, I don't know that that one flies into my brain. Um, I always thought Big Show's power, the like Big Show's knockout punch was stupid. Can I give you a controversial one? Sure. Oh, babe, people are going to hate me for saying this. Terry Funk spinning toe hold. Oh, uh, no, I get it. Because it was like a thing like he just kept spinning That's not and spinning. Tap somebody out. Yeah, like he just kept spinning. And it's like you wait for him to like fall backwards and lock it in. And it just, it's like a car that stalled and won't turn over. <laughs> no, I, I dig I, you. I'm with you on that one. That's a bad one. But these old school wrestlers, like they weren't. They weren't doing it for the hard camera. So, like, they had these moves that were more rugged. And That's more, true. Like, That's this, true. This, hurt, this doesn't look like it hurts on television, but it really does hurt. You know, and that right. was the, that was the kind of move set that they had, and that was one of Funk's moves. I have no idea what Jack Briscoe's finishing move was. A fisherman suplex? I have no fucking idea. It had to be uh, Thez Prez, huh? Yeah, Thez Prez. Yeah, it's got to be. Bruno's. Uh, uh, Bruno's was the Argentinian backbreaker. I do know that. Or maybe, maybe it's a bear hug. I got educated today. Yeah. Hey, you know how I know that? That's his finisher on like the video games. When when they put him in the video game a couple years ago, that was his finisher. So. I bet you can't kick out of it either. <laughs> yeah, right. What's funny is I have the WWE video game, and like they have Andre on there, and it's somewhat realistic. Like If you were Raymond and I'm Andre the Giant, you go for like a, a big grapple, you can't lift me because I'm Andre the Giant, which that makes sense. But then at any moment, I can climb the top rope and do a big splash as Andre the Giant to you, like with total <laughs> with total impunity, you know? So Speaking of uh, extremely large men facing each other, um, would you rather watch the aforementioned Pretty Peter Avalon versus Brandon Cutler rematch, or would you rather watch Omos versus... <laughs> Braun Strowman. <clears throat> Can you tell me how long each match is going to be in advance? <laughs> five, five minutes. Five minutes. Oh man, I think I'd rather watch Omos and Braun because there's always a chance with two big hosses go at it that it could be actually surprisingly good. Okay. You know yeah, the, that one's going on, and uh, they uh, they have a show going on in uh, Saudi Arabia called Crown Jewel. So. Fun. AEW's <laughs> not going to Saudi Arabia anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Um, let's get more questions and we'll get out of here. Okay. Andrew, have you ever despised anyone to the level that Bret Hart despises Bill Goldberg? <laughs> no, no, it's hard. And I look, I've despised quite a few people in my day, but this man does not forget Listen, about Goldberg. I think Bill Goldberg could murder my mom in front of me and I wouldn't hate him as much as Bret Hart hates the guy. <laughs> like, I mean, it's become a meme, but he does mention him in almost every All the time. All the freaking time. Brett is definitely like a grumpy old man. Like, I can see CM Punk loves him so much. There's this guy who uh, I think is on TikTok. He goes to, like, shows and, like, autograph signings, and he takes his shirt off, 
and gets chopped by wrestlers. Like, okay. t- takes a knife edge chop. And the guy, the wrestlers lay into him. It's kind of cool. Like, it's a thing he does. It takes How cool would that be, like, to let a wrestler... I wonder who the hardest chop he's ever had is. <laughs> right. Well, it's not Bret Hart, because that's what I was leading to, is I saw a video today of he meets Bret, and Bret just, like, shrugs it off like, this is stupid, and just, like, taps his chest. It's so dumb. Like, bro, you can just be happy sometimes, and you can have fun sometimes. Like, Yeah. I'll tell you who lays in in big time. Dax Harwood's got a loud chop. Yeah. I don't know heard it before on the shows Brody King too Brody Kings are I didn't even think about that true too yeah Brody King can lay it in uh okay one more question I like this one Andrew (laughs) what number will be higher the combined amount of AEW and WWE's next TV deals so we're talking hundreds of millions or the amount Alex Jones owes in his defamation verdict okay which we're closing in on a billion there right we have to be exact. How much he owes or how much he's going to pay. Oh, if it's how much he's going to pay, like, what, 50 bucks? Like, pfft. Right. What a bum. Yeah. But, um, fucking. But, um, <laughs> owes, I think AEW and WWE combined will be higher. Okay. Like, dude, the money that they're going to get on their next deals, it's going to probably, I mean, we're kind of peeking behind the curtain, but, like, that could go on in about a year. But, man, that number's going to be big for both of them. Yeah. Like, it only gets bigger. I mean, look look at the NFL. And then, I don't know if you read this in the dirt sheets, but the NBA is getting ready to probably get their TV deal announced really soon. Yeah, everybody's and, getting paid, man. And it's going to be a really big deal with streaming involved and extra revenue streams. And, I mean, it never goes down. Right. You know? Thanks, right. Joe. Inflation. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, so, yeah, you can thank Joe Biden for us having to pay so much more money to watch AEW. Well, I will also say this. I do think I do think there'll be a streaming revenue deal involved in the AEW television contract. They're looking for every avenue they can to be able to right. get more. Well, I, mean, I think that was really one of the keys with buying Ring of Honor is it's a, it's a bargaining chip. Like, hey, if we stream this, look at what yeah. we can add to your library, you know? And, hey, I mean, we're talking – here's the thing. Like, the truth is – the number that was given in that defamation verdict, it's not that far. Like Mm-mm. it was, it was nearing a billion. Mm-hmm. Now, the the combined number for WWE and AEW for their TV deals is going to be well over a billion. It's going to be north of two billion. But wow, you <laughs> think so, huh? Owing a billion dollars for yeah. for defamation. I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm like that he deserved it, but. God, like, how are you even going to pay that? He You're can't. Not. I think it was just kind of a case of where they wanted to basically um, stick it to him. Yeah, they wanted to stick it to him and hopefully stick it to anyone who's thinking of doing that down the road. And if you don't know what Alex Jones did, we're not going to tell you. But nope, I'm not it's even even, even worse than Nathan Jones. He might he might former. even be working in pro wrestling soon. I was just thinking as you were talking, I'm like, I could see a gimmick of like a. QAnon type, I was like okay, Infowars type character. Uh, let's go there. So, can I ask you this question? I mean, we're going to be very careful when we say this. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to think about how I want to respond because I. Do you potentially see getting over? Listen, we saw this with JBL. He was basically George W. Bush. He was basically a Wall Street George W. Bush. By the way, he just came back, um, cutting promos on Raw. George Bush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's a softy now. He's now like a pseudo baby face. Yeah. But, um, a, a MAGA wrestling heel 
can that be done? Okay. I have to be delicate with my answer here. Okay. But knowing the general audiences of wrestling, I don't know that they would react to them like they were a heel. Let's just say that. Yeah. They may, on where, they may cheer them a little are. more than I would be comfortable with. Okay, then let me ask you this. A Trumper wrestling promotion, a la like um, control your narrative. What's that, what's that rich? What's that rich thing? Liv golf, that kind of mm. thing. Like, can that be done? Where they basically say, "Well, you shunned me, so I'm yeah." Talent. Oh yeah, like I, I think that there's a big market in people who are quote victims of cancel culture. Like, perfect mm-hmm. example is freaking. Hercules, not Hercules Hernandez, but Kevin Sorbo, like as a guy who's like, oh, I was canceled. Rob Schneider, oh, Hollywood canceled me. You just suck, man. But because you say you were canceled, people will champion you now. So, yeah, you I think. You want to hear a sad story? Sure. My wife met Kevin Sorbo in the French Quarter at her bachelorette party. Oh, gross. Kevin and Sorbo. I did not meet Lucy. I did not meet Lucy Lawless at my bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Sorbo, star of the movie God's Not Dead, by the way. Listen, I, a, yes. I am a uh, unabashed Christian. I have been a Christian for decades. I go to church faithfully every week. I'm involved in my church. I love my faith. Uh, I don't deny any of that. God's Not Dead is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, dude. It's so stupid. Yeah, and and there are, there are other religious films that or not. Re- I don't want to call them religious films. They're yeah, films with faith, fundamental faith based. Yeah, faith based with faith based principles like Facing the Giants. People love that. Yeah, movie. there's plenty that are fine. Um, A lot of them are the, cheesy, um, but that one's just outright bad. Um, what's that movie? Oh, God, it's the one about the shack. Oh. Like, like they love that movie. Yeah, it's like, called the shack. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. It's called the shack. Yeah. I'll t- <laughs> I'll tell you a funny one. This I was working at Circuit City, mm-hmm. so you know the how long. Yeah, ago so this, this is was. a while back. Huh? <laughs> guy, I've worked in the DVD section, and the guy goes, "I'm looking for a movie. It's a show about dinosaurs, and they're like, they got eggs with dinosaurs, and there's like a baby dinosaur." I'm like, "Yeah, it's called dinosaurs." <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway, it's like. Talk about those shows, like my, you know, there's a lot of anti-abortion films. Some of those movies, if you actually watch them, first of all, really loaded casts. Yeah. Like you, like I saw one that starred Harrison Ford. Wasn't it about like a miraculous heal healing job? Oh, I didn't see that one. This one for Garner called Miracles from Heaven. That, you know. Yep. I mean, there's money to be made. Very successful. Yeah, Passion of the Christ made a ton of money. Yeah. And they're making another one. Yeah, which. I mean, I read the book. I don't know. <laughs> Are we going to go there? <laughs> yeah. I, I read the source material after the cross stuff. There's not a whole lot of uh, appearances from the guy, but, you know, <laughs> he's, he does, became... Does Henry Cavill show up at the end of this one, too? <laughs> should I say he became a part-timer at, after that? Like, <laughs> oh, that's bad. Uh, hopefully nobody from my church is listening. But anyways, Andrew, I think that's a perfect time to get out of here. I just yeah. ruined my reputation. <laughs> But yeah, God's Not Dead sucks. Kevin Sorbo sucks. I think Jesus is cool, but you know. Did you see the new Prime Minister of uh, of Great Britain? His name is Morris Bonson. <laughs> Why does that sound like a Bond villain? 
Bonson, it's you. <laughs> yes, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Morris Bonson. I saw, oh, man. I saw on my friend's Facebook feed, there was another prime minister in like Norway. Like she got caught up in some big scandal because a video came out of her and her friends just like at a bar drinking and having a good time. And I'm like, if that's mm-hmm. the scandal in Norway, like, can we just have those people in charge? Because our leader scandals are like laptops with videos and all kinds of stealing of documents, horrible things. like horrible things. Meanwhile, yeah. she partied too much. Like, okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes, but. our principles are not aligned. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Andrew, uh, I think it's a perfect time to wrap it up. Uh, if you're still uh, listening with us, this is 30 episodes in, the Steph Curry episode. We appreciate everyone who listens to our shows. We appreciate everyone who listens as we go off on our rabbit trails. Um, sometimes those are my favorite parts of the show, though, to be honest. You know? Yeah, they can be fun to watch. They can be fun to figure out, especially like... It's not. It hasn't been a sleepy period for AEW. It's just been yeah. there. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. getting ready for full gear. They got another weird stretch where they have two more live rampages. We're getting out of Halloween, obviously, uh, but they have two live ones. There's one in uh, for the first time ever. They're going to Uncasville, uh, Connecticut, called the Mohegan Sun. Oh yeah, yeah. And and then uh, they're going to Atlantic City. They they've been there before, but um, they're going to have another live rampage there. And then the Dynamites are in Norfolk, Virginia. The, which is the dark dynamite, and then they got one in Baltimore, Maryland. And I'm also optimistic that as we seem to be wrapping up this punk elite type stuff, it seems like the locker room is starting to sort itself out. We've gone a full two weeks between our shows, and nobody got into any fights that we know. Well, of. I mean, they got a reality show crew back. They have to be on their best behavior, right? Hey, why not? I mean, fine by me if that's what makes it happen. But it feels like we might be coming out of like the the ick. Uh, yeah. To where we can actually just focus on what we're watching rather than what we're reading about, which is fine by me. So, um, right. but yeah, thirty episodes down. Um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, we're not finishing anytime soon. You know, we're going to nope. be doing this. We're still, for... I'm still here by a thread, but I'm still here. Yeah, exactly. As our old friend Morris Bonson said, <laughs> "Just when I thought I was out, you pulled me back in." Yeah.